In their push to conquer the Holy Kingdom of Fargus, AJ's Black Eagles learn that even so-called impenetrable fortresses are vulnerable to big magical bomb damage. Meanwhile, Kim and the Blue Lions follow their hearts all the way to victory in Ferdiad, where they're greeted with a message from Garig Mach's Class Clown. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today, we are going to be talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses, as we have the last dozen episodes. And we are going to be completely spoiling uh, Chapter 16 of the Black Eagles route, Lady of Deceit. And I don't remember what number chapters... (laughs) You do. Uh, I'm on 18 and 19. 18 and 19 of the Blue Lions route. Mm-hmm. So if you have not played that and you're wary of spoilers, do not listen to this. Otherwise, welcome to the show. We got a lot to cover today. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to start off with some bullshit, which... Uh, oh, yeah. Unlike normal, where I just think of something and then spring it on AJ when we yeah. get in here to record, we have we have both planned our <laughs> bullshit for the day. Yeah. So the the provenance of this bullshit is uh, AJ's stream that they do with their partner Tara called Workplay Vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you want to explain the concept, AJ? Of yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, basically, we are going to be ranking our children in the beginning of the episode, but using a scale of foul to not foul, uh, and then also in from in a good way to in a bad way. So if you picture like a a graph, the X axis is not foul to foul and Mm -hmm. the Y axis is in a good way to in a bad way. Yes. We have Uh, four quadrants that we're working with. And the concept is, I mean, foulness, I think really speaks for itself. Um, but things can be foul in a good way. It's something we've established on workplay vibe. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You asked me, sorry. I, I, I now understand what you wanted me to explain. Um, but no, you're doing a great job. Uh, things can be foul <laughs> in a good way or in a bad way. It's something that makes you go, oh, but also you kind of like it in a mm-hmm. weird way. It's it's confusing. It'll make more sense once we start doing the rankings. Uh, so, and when yeah. something is is not foul, which we kind of uh, landed in like a, when something is just like pure, when something mm-hmm. is like pure intent or like it's a it's an animal doing a cute thing like that is that is not foul in a good way. Like that is the peak of just like a, a, a duck doing something funny or something. It's like the, the peak of not foul in a good way. Whereas, uh, what was it? Foul in a bad way was the goose <laughs> uh, sneaking up on a person. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. Um, but that is literally foul. We'll get there. Um, yeah. As we go on, it'll make sense. It'll make a lot of sense. Would So we've each done our own houses because at this point, that's all I feel qualified to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go first? How do we want to do this? Do we want to go by quadrants and then each of us explain our our quadrants? Or do we want to just do all black eagles, all blue lions? If we're talking about all all of one type of person, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably easier to just talk about just that section and then move to the next one. Do you think? Sure, sure. I think the, (laughs) the only pitfall is that we may have thought about this in a different way from each other. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's just go through houses then. Let's, okay. I think that's the most full. Okay. And then we can tweak. We can tweak as we want, and we will. Uh, yeah. 
What I think is date. fun about this yeah. too is that we have recruited some of each other's kids. So, oh shit, I forgot Flame. <laughs> As is my want, I As forgot Flame. I'm just so rude to that child. Um, I also have one person uh, who's on here twice, and I will explain. <laughs> I'm really playing fast and loose with Man, the fake rules that I, I thought made I was. Up. I thought I was ready, but I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, don't forget to rank your uh, black eagles on foulness," and you were like, "Oh, I'm like, ready." Don't worry, I got it. I was like, "All right, yeah, let's just let's just <laughs> <laughs> let's just fucking wing it. Let's just, let's do, just it. do it. We'll see what happens." Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, starting off, it was a tough one for. One Miss Edelgard von Pressfeld. That's yeah, that's a tough one. I I think I'm I, I was really skirting the line between foul and not foul. Mm-hmm. And even now I'm still like, am I right? OK, here's what it is. She is foul mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a good way, in a good way. OK, because she's foul because her whole thing is imperialism. She wants to destroy everything mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. the one true power or whatever. But in a good way, because the 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 message, the message is there. Right. OK. Of like everybody should be equal. Crests shouldn't matter. Nobility. The, the caste system shouldn't exist, et cetera, et cetera. And, I, I, but I yeah. think. Yeah, I think it's like because I didn't I didn't do the whole I didn't make the whole graph, but. She is like a quarter of the way down the foul line, like <laughs> uh, in into foul territory. Mm-hmm. But then I think like like three quarters of the way up the good in a good way. OK, just because I feel like her heart is really in the right place and she's really kind of just doing what she knows, you know, and and also, you know, I don't know. I don't want to like condone bloody revolution, but like if you're really trying to get something to change quickly, that is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so she's just kind of working with the stuff she has. So foul in a good okay. way. No, I think I think that makes sense to me. Yeah. On the other hand, Mister <laughs> uh, Hubert uh, of House Vestra, totally foul, totally in a bad way, mm-hmm. just like completely down in the corner of that graph. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. D- the vibes are charming. Don't get me wrong; they're so funny <laughs> in like a in like a, 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 a Jafar kind of way. You know. Yeah. You love to watch him be foul. Right. But as soon as you think about him as like a human or as like a person living in a world, Mm -hmm. it's like, "Mm, this is not Mm -hmm. (laughs) these vibes are kind of rancid. Um, (laughs) So totally foul, totally in a bad way. Hubert, it's nothing against you. I still I still love him. Mm. Ferdinand um, is also, I think, falling under foul. I think just a little. See, it's hard because Ferdinand is one of those characters who has turned around like done a full 180 in my Mm -hmm. mind Mm -hmm. um i mean hubert as well but hubert i think would have landed in foul in a bad way no matter what but ferdinand went from this like complete noble shithead just talk about noble duty and all that stuff and blah 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 to like someone who like understands the the kind of nuances i guess uh of working within this this system Mm -hmm. um so still still i think foul just because he is a noble and kind of all nobles are inherently foul in a way. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say in a good way, just like slightly above Edelgard because mm-hmm. he is, or sorry, slightly below Edelgard, I think, because he like gets the idea, but he really had to get there. You know right. what I mean? 
he had to be shown and he had to be like, yes, he had. And and, and look, I'm not knocking some character growth. I love it. I think it's one of my favorite storylines <laughs> in the whole game. But it does not change the first entire half of this man's mm-hmm. character being mm-hmm. just a total shitbag noble kid. Um, <laughs> foul in a good way. Less than the Avard Ferdinand. Dorothea. Dorothea, uh, unproblematic queen, I think. Totally not foul. Not completely in a good way. Because I don't want to I don't want to crowd that corner too much, <laughs> mm-hmm. but totally, totally not foul in a good way. Just Dorothea is just like a, a total sweetheart. I love her so much. You know, I mean, she's trying to she was trying to kind of play the, the field to, you know, but she was trying to survive within the system, you know, a system mm-hmm. that fully mm-hmm. let her down in her childhood. And, and is, she's now trying to work that to her advantage. Uh, not foul in a good way. Love it. Bernadetta. This again, not foul in a good way. Agreed. Not I think maybe like if not tied with Dorothea, maybe a little above Dorothea. I'm really trying to like I I know this is all feelings, but I'm trying to take feelings out of it, you know, because I also love (laughs) Bernadette. Bernadette's storyline, I think, is is like the the pinnacle of Mm -hmm. of story in this game. But I do think there is somebody who is not foul in just a slightly better way. Uh, And that would be Petra, who is. The absolute pinnacle, not foul in a good way, complete polar opposite of Hubert. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. She is just amazing. She is she is my queen. I love her so much, you know, trying to do what's best for her, her house and her people, but also able to like still kind of be a human and, and learn from from her mistakes and, and just take in the world around her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Petra so much. Love that for her. Back to the other side of the x-axis, we are back in foul territory uh, <laughs> with one Linhart, our, our, our friend Linhart, who is foul and I think in, I mean, in a bad way, foul in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had some supports with him this week Ooh. that are really good. His A supports are really good. Interesting. OK, but still foul in a bad way, but maybe only like just barely a quarter of the way into in a bad way territory. Okay. Caspar. Caspar is just, just barely not foul. Okay. But I think just barely in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my man is like really floating around that, that true neutrals center. Mm-hmm. Um, loves to fight a little impulsive, but able to learn from his mistakes and stuff, but not until he like really does something mm-hmm. bad or like really has to be shown, shown his lesson. Total sweetheart though. I love, I love Caspar so much. Mm. And now we move on to, uh, recruits. We've got Felix who I am having a hard time picking a spot for Felix. Would it help if I shared where I put Felix? Well, see, no, I don't want you to. Infl- I, no. I don't okay. want to influence because okay. I because I'm still I'm still I like just decided where to put Felix not ten minutes ago. Oh, okay. Um, I think Felix is honestly. Oh man, I'm gonna come back to Felix because now I'm thinking about it okay. a lot. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, Lysithia. Totally not foul. <laughs> That's the thing. Everybody is like completely not foul, which maybe maybe will change when I actually put the the faces on the chart at the end mm-hmm. of this but lesithia not foul and in a good way i mean she's just a kid that likes sweets who was subjected to some awful awful something that nobody mm-hmm. should ever ever have to to go through yeah, um yeah and she like some of her lines though like her critical lines are just like merciless like this kid loves she's to brutal. kill yeah she loves to kill and she is good at it <laughs> Um, it's a little bit foul. It's a little bit foul. Um, 
Oh man, Shamir, I think, I mean, all right. Shamir, I think is foul, but just because she is like working for herself in every situation, Mm -hmm. like she doesn't really have any allegiances anywhere, which isn't inherently foul, but like in this situation, I think, you know, you can look out for number one, but also it's you're you're in like a a, a battle, you know, you're in a, a group of people fighting. Mm-hmm. You have to watch out for those people, you know, but also I don't really send her out. So I don't really know how good she is on <laughs> at fighting and stuff. Um, Bernadette is just such a good archer. I don't know why I would ever put anybody mm-hmm. else out. So I think Shamir is a little foul and I think a little in a bad way. Caspar is barely not foul and like barely in a good way. I think she is the polar opposite where she's like a little foul, a little in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then the death Knight. Yes. I was looking forward to this one. <laughs> um, the death Knight is kind of complicated. I mean, the death Knight wears like a skull mask <laughs> with horns and just total, bl- like that mm-hmm. is, that is foul. That is absolutely foul. foul. Yeah. And every time I talk to this dude, he's just like, how, How you, you doing? doing? I, I can't, can't wait, wait till I can, I can stab, stab you. you. Like those are all the conversation. <laughs> Every single vibes. conversation you have with them with him is just like, oh, oh hey, what's, what's up? up? I, I can't, can't wait, wait till this war's over so that I can finally kill, kill you. you. Okay, so he does not like you. It's, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's just like, oh, uh, an, an opponent. opponent. Let's, Let's murder. murder. Like, oh, okay. I, <laughs> it's it's not like a. If I was anybody else, it would be the exact. It's not personal at all. Which which makes me think it's not completely foul. I, I, I like, but but definitely still foul and definitely still in a bad way. But I'm really just kind of f- floating in the center of that quadrant, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of going around. Okay, and just I think, or- orbiting, I think, just orbiting, right? Orbiting the center of that quadrant. The, the okay, foul in a bad way. And I think that is that is everybody. All right, <laughs> love that. I hope that was. I hope that was good. It was great. Oh wait, I didn't do Felix. I oh right, uh, Felix. Uh, Okay, I'm just going to say a blanket statement about all these kids. Felix needs a therapist. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But of all my kids right now, I think Felix is the one that needs it most. Uh, And I have a suspicion that's just because he is a blue lion and that's kind of their whole shtick is that they all need a therapist badly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone has like family trauma that they're dealing with, basically. Right. Yeah. It's unresolved family trauma, which Mm -hmm. maybe got resolved this week. (laughs) Part of me wants to say Felix is like the absolute center of this graph. Interesting. Partly. Okay. Um, Cause like, oh man, I don't know. He loves, dude loves to fight. <laughs> He's he, his allegiances are, I mean, he, he, he seemed pretty loyal to blue lions until he joined us. And now he seems like all in with us. And it's just like, he is fully in on the vision and whatnot, but I don't want to judge him based on whether he agrees with Edelgard or not. Mm-hmm. But he just seems for for me because I I haven't tried to like I didn't try to go to the goddess tower with him or whatever, um, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get totally chewed out. <laughs> uh, so every time I talk to him, he's like, "We should train together. You're great." And then the A support, you know, that was a good that was good. That's as well. what he says. That how he that's how he gets you. Yeah. Just like guard your heart is all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 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 without that goddess tower scene or whatever it was, I don't know if it was a goddess tower or not. But without it that was. scene, I think Felix lands directly in the center for me interesting okay i love yeah. this and i think we'll we'll put this chart on twitter mm-hmm. uh it should be on twitter right now so that you can reference this if you yes. need the visual the visual stimuli 
Spe- speaking of the chart, I have my blue lions prepared on the chart. I'm going to start. I'm going to start in the not foul in a good way quadrant, which is uh, the upper left. And then I'm going to work in a clockwise direction. Okay. Um, so starting with my not foul in a good way up here, very, you know, all the way, not foul, all the way. Good. Uh, we have, of course, Ash, of course, my perfect child. I don't think I need to explain any more than that. We also have Annette up there. Annette is, um, just a perfectly wonderful person. And, uh, I think in, in a very wonderful way, not foul perfectly pure. Also up there, uh, I am fully in agreement with you. I have my recruits, Bernie and Dorothea up there. I think that they're both great. This is where things get complicated. (laughs) In the very center of this quadrant, I have Ingrid. The way that I have chosen to think about foulness has to do with sort of propriety a little bit. Like how, how proper are you, uh, Mm. in, in the ideals of this society? So, Ingrid is not foul. She is definitely, she has these lofty ideas about knighthood, very principled, love that for her. A little bit foul though, not, she isn't quite all the way up in that corner with um, the rest of my golden children because of the like cool girl pick me behavior that we've discussed. I, I, listen, I understand it more. I was wrong to judge her as harshly as I did, but those (laughs) things are still true. Right. And I think also um, a little bit more in a bad way, again, because like that stuff was like not great. I think also the way that she like kind of deifies knighthood is I think a little I'm a little bit sympathetic to the kind of Dimitri Felix way of thinking about it, where it's like that shit isn't. (laughs) isn't great like that system kind of sucks it's not like those tales of chivalry exactly um so so i have her sort of dead middle of that quadrant um and those are my not foul in a good way i think now uh moving again in a clockwise direction towards foul in a good way so i think i'll actually start on the the far right of the foul uh spectrum just to give Mm -hmm. a sense of how i'm thinking about this All the way to the right, we have, but but only just a little bit in a good way, we have pre-time skip Dimitri. Got it. So pre-time skip Dimitri, pretty foul, wants revenge, Yeah. pretty open about it, um, you know, sever their limbs, chop off their heads, whatever, foul. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Very foul. <laughs> and I think that I probably would have considered it in a bad way, except as we all know, by the end of uh, the sort of pre by the end of part one, I guess hmm. I was a little bit excited to have a revenge buddy um, <laughs> <laughs> after my dear father, Gerald was killed. I was sure. like, you know what? Yeah, let's fucking do this. Um, so, so I put him just a little bit in a good way, very mm-hmm. foul, a little bit in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of how I'm thinking about foulness. And so now I'd like to take a step back and talk about my man to do because to do is so gung ho about Dimitri in general. And is like, yeah, I'll fucking kill anybody for Dimitri. Sure. Fine. A little bit foul. You, you know, you're following him down yeah, okay. the, the foulness path to do. Yeah, okay, However, okay. all the way at the top of the goodness spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this man. He can do no wrong in my eyes, except, mm-hmm. you know, that other stuff. But 
I think he is so very good. And so I've I've got him up there. A little bit further to the right of Dudu, but a little bit uh, down. So a little less good, but a little more foul is where I have put Felix. Because yeah. this man has the foulest attitude I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Terrible attitude. It's very foul. However, mostly in a good way. He's he's doing it because he cares so much. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to protect people. So he keeps them at arm's length, I think, because like he just doesn't want to let anybody in. <laughs> but I mostly, even though uh, Felix, as you mentioned, absolutely crushed me beneath his boot at the, the goddess <laughs> temple right, or at the goddess tower, I still think he's he's mostly got his heart in the right place. We have some nice moments in uh, these chapters. And so foul in a good way. Um, now, this is an interesting one. At the pinnacle of foulness in a good way for me is my recruit Raphael. Yeah. I think the goodness, the goodness needs no explanation. Uh, the foulness is because specifically there is this, I think, did I talk about uh, his C support with Ingrid? Uh, about the, the one B where he support. just tries to gaslight her into thinking that she's hungry instead of mm. actually feeling any emotion. That was the B support. So the, oh, the okay. C support, which I don't think I talked about, it involves, she finds him like in the entrance hall, just absolutely uh, gorging himself on a piece of meat. Uh, okay. no, no utensils, no plates, no napkins, nothing. Just going at it. <laughs> okay. That's pretty foul to me. <laughs> sure. Um, and that's, he's deep in foul territory. Is that he it? He's deep. He's not, he's not as far as Dimitri. But um, he is the second closest to <laughs> completely foul. It's he, a different, it's a different kind of foul. Maybe he should okay. be a little bit further to the left. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's pretty foul. I think I will move him a little bit, uh, <laughs> Closer to not foul, mm-hmm. but um, just in terms of table manners, very foul. I think. Sure, sure. So now we're we're in foul in a bad way territory, and everyone here is like pretty foul and pretty bad. Yeah. Starting with post time skip Dimitri, the foulest and the worst. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's sort of have a, had a redemption arc now, but that to me is just like a reversion to pre. Time skip Dimitri, that just brings him back up to where pre-time skip Dimitri is. But post-time skip Dimitri, before the redemption arc, all the way foul, all the way bad. Just just rancid. Yeah. Uh, also pretty far <laughs> down there, we have Gilbert, a.k.a. Gustav, sure. a.k.a. Sure. Uh, dad of the year. <laughs> I was like, going to say world's worst dad. <laughs> yeah, world's worst dad. If you abandon your kid, pretty fucking foul. And you're not even trying to be better at it. I mean, I know I talked last week about how, like, he now says that he's going to go home or whatever. Right. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. But mm-hmm. um, I, I still don't like this man. And I'm still getting the weird thing about <laughs> supports is like, depending on the order that you unlock them, sometimes they make sense and sometimes they don't. Um, yeah. And so I'm still getting now as I unlock uh, his supports with other people. He's like, oh, I can never go home. I can never whatever. And it's like, <laughs> Ugh, stop reminding me of how much we've already dealt suck. with this. <laughs> yeah, we dealt with this, but it's, you know. It's yeah. making it real hard for me to celebrate because I'm constantly right. being reminded of how much you sucked. <laughs> um, so he's all the way down there. And then we have Sylvain. Sylvain is all the way bad. He's slightly less foul um, than these other two, taking into account the fact that, like like you said, like Felix, boy needs a therapist. And I also think that, like, there was a part of me that wondered if Sylvain belonged in the not foul category 
because the whole thing is that he's extremely charming and appealing and, you know, uh, like interesting. his interesting. whole thing is being like, uh, you know, very attractive to sure. to women. And then he just treats them like shit. Sure. But yeah. um, I think just going off his behavior, very foul, very bad. That's where I put him. Yeah. Um, and finally, we have the not foul in a bad way category. Um, and this is this is basically just the churchy. The ch- this is where the <laughs> church girls who go to church and read their Bible are. Um, so we have Sedith, um, mm-hmm. who is definitely not foul, I think. Because I find the church a little bit foul. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, the church is is not foul because it's very proper, but it's bad um, mm-hmm. is sort of where, where I came around here yeah, so the idea of church itself is not the foul thing it right is the, right right the, the the people within the church doing the exactly bad stuff. so so i have him not a little bit not foul and a little bit bad because of his position in the church but also mm. as i've mentioned sedith has really like won my heart recently yes so so that's that's i think where he lives all the way not foul but at about the same level of badness for the same reason Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I talk about it every episode, but I'll never get over <laughs> like <laughs> how uh, interested she was in the Crusades and uh, how how supportive she was. And the fact that like every chapter now she's like, I still think we should rescue Rhea, but I'll fall. You know, I'll, I'll go along <laughs> with what we think is best for the yeah, war. Right. Um, for the war. What's best for the war? Whatever's best for the war. I just I like I love her so much in every other way, but that just mm, that really mm-hmm. it's it's my bugbear with her. It, yeah. So I have two more. Mm-hmm. Uh one is Flane. Flane is um I have her mostly not foul, probably 75% not foul. Uh a little bit of foulness because of her association with the church. Sure. But because Flane to me is so, I'm so whatever about her, I have just put her <laughs> dead on the x-axis. Sure. So sure, not sure, sure. not particularly good, not particularly bad. I think that's probably a, um, a controversial opinion. I think most people would probably <laughs> consider her not foul in a good way. But for me personally, I'm like, mm, I'm going to put you right on that axis. Skirting that line, yeah. Yeah. And uh, finally, my true neutral. Yeah. Rodrigue. Yeah. Don't love what he said to Felix after... The death of Glenn. It's early for a Glenn drop. I know. This is (laughs) this is probably the earliest we've ever had a Glenn drop. Although I have we have been talking about this for like half an hour. Um (laughs) (laughs) oops. Uh it's fine. I don't have like any supports this week, so this is the time I'm taking instead. Didn't love that, but also I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Uh you know, I don't think that like he doesn't seem to have any like particularly churchy ideals. He's just kind of like keeping yeah. a promise he made to an old friend, Dimitri's dad. You know, like I just uh, I'm like chill with Rodrig, but I don't have particularly like strong positive feelings towards him. And so I was just like, yeah. you know what? I think this is where you live. Yeah, that 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 kind of tracks. I think if. I think for me, Rodrig would go a little bit in a bad way, but still mm-hmm. but still uh directly between foul and not foul because he's like he's trying to do his best for his kids i think but he's Mm -hmm. also like i just don't know why felix hates me so much it's like well it's not that hard to figure out my man yeah yeah um but but yeah no i i I think that is a good list thank you um so yeah that's that's the bullshit for this week uh really taking up some time uh we will we will post these charts uh yes uh, on twitter on twitter so that's (laughs) That's the bullshit for today. Amazing stuff. How about we move on now to our chapters? All right. Huh? All right. 
We're starting with chapter 18, The King's Triumphant Return. We we talked about the beginning of it last week. So just to recap, Dimitri has decided to stop being mentally ill. Uh, and now <laughs> we're going to try to take back Ferdiad. Um, so uh, the cutscene that we talked about last time was like the only cutscene that I had. So we can just launch right into monastery stuff. I get some background on Cornelia from a knight uh, mm. who explains that up until a few decades ago, Ferdiad had like really poor infrastructure um, and like not very good like water. And so there was a lot of disease. Cornelia was hired. She was like a researcher who was hired to kind of advise on the situation and okay. said, hey, you should improve the infrastructure. Okay. Um, and they did. And the city became a lot cleaner and healthier. So that is that's kind of like background on who Cornelia was um, before she <laughs> took over and became a tyrant. More on that later. Uh, incidentally, I also have some Cornelia stuff today. So, Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> That'll be interesting. So a merchant explains that she has made taxes, quote, ridiculously high so that trade has become basically um, not feasible. And he makes this observation that, like, while it makes sense for the empire to want to exploit the kingdom, if they do so uh, to the extent that the kingdom territories are just ruined um economically like what is the point of conquering them in the first place i thought that was a really interesting point and I'd, I'd be interested to see if it comes back but it certainly doesn't in these chapters so i guess <laughs> okay. we'll see so felix this chapter he's alone in his room which you know recall we just lost Rodrigue. Right. And uh, I thought I might get like a little more emotion out of him, but I didn't. <laughs> but what he no. does say is, um, you know, he observes that Rodrigue probably would have been glad to have made the sacrifice that he did if he could see how it has affected Dimitri for the better. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, then Felix says, don't you dare tell anyone I said that. <laughs> 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 Which is great. Um, I will funny. also point out, too, I didn't realize this until the next chapter, but Felix, I think for the first time in the game, has stopped referring to Dimitri as the Boar Prince and sure. is just referring to him not as his highness, uh, by his name. Mm. Which I think okay. is very interesting. Yeah, most, interesting. I think everybody calls him his highness, like all of the other students, even like Sylvain, even Ingrid. Hmm. So uh, Felix is like the only other student who who refers to him by name but i think that's interesting yeah when i speak to dimitri this month he apologizes personally for being such a little <laughs> shit cool <laughs> and i wrote down here it's nice to have my boy back but the complete 180 is so cartoonish and almost yeah. makes me more upset with him because if in the universe of this world you can just decide not to be mentally ill anymore i'm pretty mad that you didn't do that earlier <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you acted like such a piece of shit for so yeah. long and you could have just yeah. been like, you know what? I'm going to be a good boy now. It, uh, yeah. it like it it makes the whole thing so sour for me, not only in terms of like how they're portraying mental illness, but mm -hmm. like even if I accept that version of the world where where this is possible, it just makes him suck more. <laughs> like it just yeah. makes me more mad at him. Uh, you know, I had all of these thoughts and then I had an interesting conversation with Dudu after where he says, you know, everyone's saying his highness is back to his old self. I don't think that's true. What he was until recently is what he has been for as long as I've known him. So tortured by his compassion for the fallen, interesting interpretation, that it had driven him <laughs> mad. 
Uh, he has always been too kind to be king. He has always felt too much for the weak and the dead. Um, oh. Yeah, that's an interesting um, way of interpreting Dimitri's problem. Um, and to do says like, oh, I, this is why I look up to him. I'm like, OK, um, sure. Uh, your only flaw is that to yeah. do. But um, I don't know. It's it, it makes me wonder if we're not quite done with the the foul in a bad way version of Dimitri. Yeah, 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 yeah. It seems like it could be foreshadowing that. Ingrid says that we didn't have time to give Rodrigue a proper burial, so she wants to give him, like, a proper funeral when we get back to Ferdiad, which I think is a very, like, sweet and noble thing uh, yeah. to want to do. And... <laughs> This is also, I, I have a note here where as we approach the end game, I am metagaming a bit too hard with respect okay. to matchmaking. Um, uh, okay. I have looked up how to ensure that couples that I want will end up together. Okay. I'm curious if you want to hear about that or if you want to sort of go in blind and just see what happens. Yeah, no, go for it. I, I, I would love to know. Uh, if you don't want to hear it, the, I will come in here and let you know what time to skip to. Skip to 35 minutes and five seconds. Bye. So the way that it works, it seems like people don't really know for sure, but this is what I've been able to gather from what I have read. Okay. You know, people on the forums and on Reddit yeah. and shit. Um, right. So it's a combination of A, who who have you unlocked A tier supports for? Right. Um, if you don't unlock an A tier, they won't have a um, paired ending. And then it's obviously a function of, okay, who has the highest support with each other, um, right. you know, within a tier. But that presents sort of an interesting issue where like, say Dimitri support is highest with Dudu, but Dudu's support is highest with Mercedes. Like who's going to end up with mm. who? Mm -hmm. um, so the way that they resolve that is they go in order of the roster and so interesting okay the way yeah so the way that that would work in that example is that dimitri would sort of pick first byleth is always at the top by the way um right but dimitri uh assuming none of these people were chosen by byleth dimitri would pick to do because to do is his closest ally notwithstanding that to do is closer with mercedes because he's further down the list sure however if i as byleth decided to uh you know unlock s rank with to do and end up with him then dimitri would go to his next most got it you know closest ally so <laughs> the i mean the way to to really ensure that people you know to to really like game it correctly the best thing you can mm -hmm. do is not unlock a supports among sure, people, sure, which is upsetting to me. But I think what I'm going to do is just look them up. Yeah, because I'm so invested in the pairings I have made up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just an interesting it's an interesting set of mechanics. So if you want to use that to your advantage, feel free. But yeah. just important to note, I think some folks have said that because you can recruit, I think it's Black Eagles go first in like the order of choosing. Mm -hmm. And then I want to save as Golden Deer and then Blue Lions. So like all of your Black Eagles will choose before Felix does say. Okay. So good to know. So yeah, this is, uh, again, I this some of this could be wrong, but it's sort of what I was able to gather from researching online, which I wasted a ton of time doing this week. Because um, I was <laughs> like, well, shit, I really, you know, I'm putting in a lot of effort here. So I want to make right. sure it pans out. Um, 
so we'll, we'll see if it works. But yeah, uh, the only other note that I have in this this chapter for uh, the explore phase is that I met a knight with a really cool hat. <laughs> oh, yeah, kind of. It's got like a flower on it. Yeah, it's like flowers. a it's like That's a, a witch's hat. hat with a flower on it. It's she's yeah. so cool. She she's clearly some kind of mage. I think but that's she, the warlock, like the the actual warlock outfit, okay. because when I chose warlock for Hubert in in the little sprite animation mm-hmm. or whatever, it has a hat on. That's the that is the biggest crime of this game is that they don't give headwear hats yeah. to any of the of the students. Uh, it's a or any sick of the hat. Class. It's a sick hat. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that with you. Maybe we can tweet the hat. Um, <laughs> so on to the battle. Uh, we it's called reclaiming the capital. Cool. Um, so as uh, our forces approach, the people of Ferdiad begin to rebel. Instead of trying to suppress them, Cornelius' forces just come to meet us. And there's actually a, a cutscene. This is kind of the last cutscene before the battle, but I'll just mm-hmm. um, explain it. So, it, yeah, so a soldier basically comes to her or her general comes to her and is like, hey, the citizens are rebelling. Like, should we suppress the rebellion or should we, you know, go face Dimitri's forces. And yeah. she's just like, you know, we don't have the forces to to do both. So go, you know, meet Dimitri's forces, but kill anyone who who opposes <laughs> us, civilian or not. Sure. Jeez Louise. And then at the end of this scene, she says, it would have been much better if Dimitri and his sweet little stepsister had been good little children and just killed each other. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it seems there are other forces at work. So um, we'll we'll hear more about this later. Yes. Anyway, as we're uh, approaching Ferdiad, Dimitri sort of uh, reminisces about it. He explains that the day before his execution, Dudu helped him escape prison. He actually killed kingdom soldiers to escape and, and has like guilt about that. But you know, he's like, I can't believe this is how I'm kind of returning. But he he expresses his gratitude and is like, let's win this and all make it out alive so we can all celebrate our victory together. And I'm like, this just this is just such an unsatisfying way to like one chapter ago. He was full piece of shit. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, now yeah. he's like, I'm the same old, very good boy that I always was. And it's just like, this just sucks. Yeah. It's just a very unsatisfying character arc to me. Um, (laughs) Anyway, he rallies the troops with a speech, um, (laughs) which ends with maybe the funniest thing I think you could ever say to a bunch of uh, soldiers. I give you but two commands. Stay alive and follow your heart. (laughs) Oh, what? What? (laughs) Just follow your dreams. Follow your heart as you die for us. I don't know. It's. Yeah. bizarre as long uh, as your heart says as long as your heart says kill then follow your yeah. heart so we battle you know we're kind of trying to infiltrate uh the city there are these like big like golem type like automatons um that yeah yeah they're and like we have to turn off it's so bizarre because i guess they were like protected by magic in some way that made them sort of hard to hit or hard to damage or whatever except my team is so overleveled that like it didn't really make that much of a difference. Sure. But anyway, you can pull a lever in the corner and it kind of um, makes them 
you know, weakens them. So I did that. And then they were really kind of even harder. Yeah, it was like I um I also fought Cornelia to, for this episode and there were also levers and big uh, oh, big okay. guys. Yes, you're making a very confused face. We'll get there. OK, <laughs> interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, we battle whatever. I let Dimitri obviously uh, get the killing blow on Cornelia. Mm-hmm. And in a surprise to literally no one, she reveals that she was the one who killed Dimitri's uncle, who was like the king regent and, you know, framed Dimitri for for that murder. Worth noting that on the battlefield, Dimitri still says shit like, I'll kill you, you monster. Um, So, (laughs) you know, maybe to do's right and a little bit of foul in a bad way. Dimitri is still in there. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, when he gets the last hit on her, she's like, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, and it's about something that happened 10 years ago. Uh, and basically she reveals, um, Dimitri's stepmother, Patricia said she wanted to see her real daughter again, no matter who or what she had to sacrifice to do so. And Cornelia says, I made her wish come true at the cost of the King's head. And so Dimitri's like, are you saying that my stepmother killed everyone at the the tragedy of Dusker. And she says, yep, that's right. Her family meant everything to her. And then she dies. <laughs> so, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously I, I was suspicious of this and Rodrigue was suspicious of this. So it's interesting to me that this turned out to maybe be true, but I don't think that Cornelia is like the most reliable source. Sure. So, um, so yeah, that's a, an interesting, uh, potential revelation uh yeah yeah so after the battle dimitri says okay now that cornelia's fallen we'll exert pressure on the nobles who aligned with her you know we can get them to join our side and maybe we can also find out if there is a connection to dusker and prove the innocence of its people for which to do is very grateful and gilbert says you know you should address the people now that you know You've reclaimed your kingdom. And he is afraid to face them at first, but Byleth gives him some encouragement. So he goes and the people are fucking amped. They're so excited to have their king back. (laughs) And he he's like, he's totally shocked. Uh, He says, am I fit to be king after basically all the shit that I've done? And he Mm. starts crying and (laughs) you just rolled your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Okay. Um, I did. And uh, I I have some options, some dialogue options here. I think one is just like, don't cry. It's a happy day. Um, <laughs> and the other, which I chose, is if you atone, all will be forgiven. Uh, that feels like a lie, but whatever. Yeah. He says, oh, I'm finally home again. Fargus, how I've missed you. Uh, so it's a nice moment, I guess. The last cutscene of this chapter is at night. There's a celebratory feast going on, but I took a breather as Byleth and Dimitri comes and finds her. He just returned from visiting the graves of his loved ones. Okay. And, you know, we get another thank you, Byleth, for, you know, you taught me how to live. You saved me from the darkness, etc. Sure, 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 sure. And, you know, he talks about how he doesn't believe that he deserves happiness until he atones. But that's something that he's going to have to do after the war. I have no idea what this atonement is going to look like. But yeah, geez. Yeah. In any event, we sort of uh, talk about how we need to make preparations and gather resources and troops to take down the empire, which leads us to talk about Edelgard. And this is, I think, probably the clearest explanation in the Blue Lions run of like her 
motivation, which I think is wild. Like I would have oh. been, I, you know, aside from the speech, you know, we got that cut scene where she, she declares war and that sort of explains it. But he says, um, I believe that, you know, she's doing this because she can't accept the church and seeks to destroy it to revolutionize the world in her mind for the better. But even if she manages to birth a new world, I don't like that. The use of the word birth <laughs> grosses me out. It would be at the cost of dot, dot, dot. He doesn't answer. He doesn't finish okay. that thought. Naturally. Sure. But he goes on. He says, I wish to end this war through acceptance, not annihilation. Just as my people accepted me, I wish dearly to accept her. Um, so it sounds like he is starting to possibly want to find a peaceful way to end the war. Okay. But in that moment, uh, we are interrupted by a soldier <laughs> who notifies us that we've just gotten a message from the leader of the Alliance. <gasps> it better be a fucking apology. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's not. Um, oh, <laughs> that, that is the end of chapter 18, nice. uh, leading us into chapter 19, The Golden Deer's Plea. So the Golden Deer's plea. Uh, we start this chapter with a cutscene in our little war room. Um, the messenger has informed us that the Alliance is being invaded by the Empire and has requested aid. Oh, so it's like that now, Claude, is it? <laughs> hmm? um, <laughs> now you want to be friends? Uh, so uh, apparently the Alliance was uh, severely weakened by their defeat at Grandeur. And so the Empire is kind of taking advantage of that and trying to, sure. you know, make their push to to kind of take the alliance. Also at the Battle of Grandeur, Edelgard was uh, so severely injured, not, not like so severely, but enough that she is currently recuperating and these troops are being led by Arendelle. Um, he's sort of taken over as the general while while Edelgard recovers. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, and this is Dimitri sort of mentions here, you know, I always suspected that Arendelle was behind the Dusker tragedy, uh, given the timing of his departure from the kingdom. And when he stopped making donations, it all seemed a little <laughs> sus. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's at this point that I have a note that says, why is nobody talking about the fact that we're about to go help the Alliance when they tried to kill us at Grandeur? <laughs> That's just war, you know? It's That's just, just war, baby. Yeah. Um, but Gilbert is like, listen, if the alliance falls, it's going to make it make things a lot more difficult for us yeah. because then we'll be facing, you know, an enemy on two fronts, not only in the east. Well, you know, we'll have the alliance and we'll also have the empire in the south. And mm -hmm. so um, it would make it a lot harder to march to Enbar safely. So, you know, we all decide that it's like a good tactical decision. Um, sure. And Notably, Dimitri does say, OK, we, you know, we stand to gain this gain from this uh, from a strategic perspective. But more importantly, they need us and we can't turn our backs on them. I mean, I you mm, could oh, we could <laughs> because they tried to kill us, but whatever. Right, right, um, right. So moving on to uh, the explore phase, hmm. the monastery, this this chapter. Um, I just wanted to ask if this is a thing that's also happening for you. For some mm. reason, there are hella cats in the dining hall near the kitchen, and it's fucking grossing me out. I haven't, I have not noticed, There's but like that's interesting. There's like three cats hanging out yeah. over, over near like 
the cooking station, I think, is yeah, where they're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. It's disgusting. I I'm sorry. It's so gross. Um, That's I don't so like it at all. Yeah. Anyway, when I speak to Dimitri uh, in this chapter, he points out people praised Cornelia as a saint for ending the epidemic, you know, all those years ago in in Ferdiad. But there came a day when she completely changed her behavior, her mannerisms, her likes and dislikes, everything. Uh. So I theorize that she was body snatched a la mm-hmm. Tomas, Monica, etc. Sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. We find out that Sylvain's dad, head of House Gautier, has basically stepped into Rodrigue's shoes in terms of leading the kingdom forces uh, in that like northeast region. Meanwhile, Dudu tells me that he feels responsible for keeping an eye on Dimitri and asks me to do the same, because if we take our eyes off him, he's liable to do something rash. Once again, sort of foreshadowing that, like, maybe rancid Dimitri is still going to make another appearance. Mm-hmm. Let's see, I talked to a knight in, in this uh, chapter who thinks that Claude is too demanding and Dimitri is too soft-hearted given what happened at Grandeur. The only person... <laughs> Who brings this up? I'm like, yeah, I agree with you, girl. Um, wow. Yeah, crazy. Fine. <laughs> <sighs> yes, it's strategically sound, but I'm still going to be bitter about it. Yeah. Ash notes that the messenger from Deirdre, uh, which is the Alliance capital, arrived the very same night that we liberated Ferdiad. So that means Claude must have predicted that we'd retake it. And he thinks it's unsettling how well Claude is able to read situations. <laughs> um, <laughs> Master tactician, baby. Yeah, I would disagree. I think maybe he it was unsettling how poorly he read the situation in Grandeur. But I, I get your point, Ash. <laughs> Felix this month tells me he believes that Rodrigue wanted him to inherit his mission of ensuring that Dimitri ascends the throne. Wow. Very interesting. He does not express an opinion one way or another about whether he wants to do that. (laughs) (laughs) This was an interesting point where I realized like I have not I had not fully engaged with sort of the how the politics of this world work Mm. because it didn't matter to me at the time. But Gilbert says he looks forward to the day that the church crowns Dimitri. I had not appreciated. I knew that they were the holy kingdom, but I I had not appreciated that like the church is responsible for crowning him. That's why he's like not technically the king yet. We're all still calling him his highness instead of his majesty because he's not officially crowned until the church crowns him. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of kind of gross. Um, Don't love that. (laughs) Given my feelings about the church. (laughs) Gilbert also says he has to hear reports from our spies because there's something that's been worrying him. But he's like, ah, you know what? It can wait. I'm just going to make a prediction that it absolutely cannot wait. And it was very important, whatever this was about. Um, (laughs) But here we are. And so that leads us to the battle, uh, which is called Saving Deirdre. So... (laughs) This is not explained later, but um, the voiceover leading into this battle says that the alliance, quote, allowed the imperial army to invade. 
which I don't know if it's just, oh, they were unable to stop them or if it's mm. implying that like this is all part of Claude's kind of strategy. But it's a really it was very interesting to me, that choice of words. <sighs> interesting. Yeah. Even now, I'm still not sure. So we get a after that voiceover, we get a cut scene from the kind of alliance perspective. Claude is chatting with Judith, um, who was like, I guess a, we, you've spoken about her before. I think she's like a knight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, in the alliance. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Yet another intimidating woman with a sword. Um, So uh, we find out in the scene, uh, citizens have been evacuated to the sea, which is a very strong choice, I think, uh, keeping people out of harm's way. Sure. Judith and and Claude kind of like rib each other a little bit, which is an interesting dynamic. Um, You know, he's like, oh, your vision has gotten worse as you've gotten older. And she's like, well, you're still, you know, not fully healed from Grondor. So, you know, you're going to suck today. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, it's not like I can sit this one out, though. I have to make my daring escape after all. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. More on that later. And Judith is like, oh, I, I wonder... If our she refers to us as her our little ray of hope, I wonder if they'll show up. Uh, we fought on opposite sides at Grandeur, and Claude's like, "Trust me, they'll come. You can count on it. If anyone can bring him back, it's Teach." Sure, I appreciate the vote of confidence. Um, <laughs> it was really more Rodrigue, but okay. Uh, and like clockwork, sure enough, another soldier comes and informs Claude that uh, kingdom forces have arrived. That's us. So that's quick, us. one more quick cut scene. Um, Dimitri realizes that the alliance drew the enemy into the city so that we could attack from behind. Um, and he's mm. like, this is like a brilliant strategy on Claude's part, but it means that he risked everything on the belief that we would show up. And placed mm-hmm. all of his hopes on us. So we get in there and start to kick ass. Arendelle's goal is basically to kill Claude, because if that happens, then the alliance will fall. So our, you know, our goal is to make sure that Claude doesn't die, essentially. And he's kind of, it's like we're we're kind of in the city and he is across a bridge on like a s- sort of smaller platform, which is being protected by Hilda, who is a fucking beast. <laughs> like, yeah. She yeah. is so powerful. She is just like one-shotting dudes left and right. It's incredible. Yeah, it's nuts. There are also Empire reinforcements coming from three different gates that we need to secure, which is a huge pain in the ass. I think it's similar to the the fight that you had in Dare Drew. Yeah, yeah. And sort of Judith is also there. And, you know, I tried to protect her as well because she was like kind of off on her own. Mm. Oh, also when when Hilda crits, she says, "Ugh, you're making me work. Nah. Uh, which is so funny. <laughs> Rules. So, you know, we we have this battle. I really jump through hoops to let Dimitri be the one to take out Arendelle. Because um, yeah, like yeah. I had him going in Arendelle's direction and then Arendelle started moving towards Claude. And I was like, no. Um, but it was fine. I got him there. So after Dimitri takes Arendelle out, He says, you know, I need to know, were you involved in the incident nine years ago? What did my stepmother do? (laughs) And Arendelle uh, does not answer any questions. He just goes, you are not qualified to look into the darkness. Okay. (sighs) Okay. Um, And he, much like Cornelia says, you know, his dying words are, you and Edelgard should do your best to kill each other. You are family after all. Woof. Yeah, woof, indeed. Damn. And he dies. So it clearly... Wow, so he's like dead. Okay. He's dead, dead. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But uh, clearly, 
he and Cornelia and whatever dark forces are at work over there, this is all part of some master plan that they have to get us to take each other out, right? Right. Um, Us being, I guess, like the kingdom and the empire. But that's all I hear about that in in this chapter. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So after the battle, we sort of uh, reunite with Claude. Dimitri's like, it's been a long time. I'm glad to see you're safe. I'm like, Grandor was two months ago. (laughs) Like, it's (laughs) not been that long. Um... So, you know, the Claude basically explains, I, you know, I knew that you all wouldn't hesitate to put yourself second and come running to our aid. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I are different in that way. I wouldn't have made a move unless I had something to gain from it. But you've always been just the opposite. And he's like, oh, you know, I, I want you to have something. And he gives us his bow, his like hero's relic bow, fail not. Um, and Dimitri's like, what the fuck are you doing? Is this another one of your jokes? And he's like, this is not a joke. As of today, the Lester Alliance is no more. Uh, if you're going to lead Fodlin, the Alliance Lords will follow you. The Alliance used to be kingdom territory that split off from them. Um, I'm just putting us back together. And <laughs> that, before you uh, say anything, like the Lords have already agreed. So all that's left is for me to officially step down. Uh, personally, I love a quitter. I think this is great. <laughs> I, I this is this is not a joke. I think that the best thing you can do in life is quit things that suck that you don't want to do. Don't serve you. Yeah, yeah, things that don't serve you. Um, so I love this for him. <laughs> he says, "I'm leaving Fodlin. There are things I have to do. Dreams I need to see to fruition. That's why I became the alliance leader to begin with. But it ended up leaving me no time to do what I really wanted. No explanation of what this is. I." really hope that it gets explained in the golden deer route i can only imagine that it does so it's getting me real hype for that nice um but uh, before he leaves he has some uh parting advice for us he says don't take on too many responsibilities or you'll end up in the same boat both the living and the dead cling to us without any regard for our own lives it's up to us to break free of that weight and follow the path we believe in okay that's uh, better <laughs> advice than what rod Reed gave yeah i think so <laughs> Follow your heart <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, what the fuck? <sighs> He's like, oh, one more thing. Uh, Ray is being held captive in the Imperial capital. It doesn't sound like they're <laughs> going to kill her, but I don't know what they're planning. <laughs> fuck. Okay. So uh, <laughs> before he goes, Dimitri's like, oh, you know, you have my gratitude. And Claude's like, thanks, but no thanks. We're even now. I can only assume this is the closest thing I'm going to get to an apology for what happened to Grondor, but I'll take it. Um, he's like, I don't I don't want anybody's gratitude. I just want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, you don't owe me. A, you don't owe me anything. Uh, don't call. <laughs> don't text. Don't write. Um, <laughs> so yeah. he so Claude's gone. Just like in, in yeah. your route, which I think is interesting. Right. But I didn't get the fucking bow. What the fuck? You didn't get the bow? No. Are you sure? He just, he just, I'm pretty sure I did. I did a pretty uh, uh, thorough investigation of my items today. Bummer. Uh, as I do before every battle. But it's too I'm, bad. I'm, yeah. I think he just, I don't know if he gave us anything. He had to have given us something. Hold on. Not a very cool bow, though. Not a very cool bow is the thing. <laughs> no, I spared him. He says, good luck. Well, maybe you would have gotten a bow if you killed him. That's it. It may be. Yeah, maybe. I mean, probably. That's usually how that stuff works. Like once yeah. you kill someone, you get whatever item they had. Yeah. Um, bummer. Well, no. all right. Fine. <sighs> yep. So uh, that's uh, Happy Trails, Claude. Yeah. I have a couple more cutscenes. Uh, first, we're back at the monastery in the Blue Lions classroom, which I think is really funny. 
Um, wow. All this time we've been meeting in like a little war room um, that's like right. upstairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're probably the same one. Um, and for some reason, now we're in the classroom <laughs> again. Um, so this starts with Felix being like, well, Dimitri, are you going to fi- finally tell us the truth? And Dimitri's like, what are you talking about? And Ash is like, uh, we all heard when Arendelle said something about you and Edelgard being family. So can you explain that? Ooh. Dimitri's like, oh, I guess I never told you guys. Uh, which is like <laughs> such a... Oops, slipped yeah, my mind. Like, <laughs> such Fuck. an absurd thing, especially because like he very specifically, when he told me, was like, don't tell anyone. Um, yeah. Fuck. But he explains my stepmother was Edelgard's birth mother, um, political turmoil. I'm using air quotes there because that's mm-hmm. the phrase that he uses, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's quite accurate. Uh, right. Drove her out of the empire and Dimitri's father fell in love with her at first sight and they married. She, you know, basically served as his mother because uh, his mother had died uh, when he was very young. Um, but then mm-hmm. She died at Dusker. And Felix is like, hang on, I didn't know that she was your stepmother. And apparently, <laughs> it turns out they were married in secret. This was not, this was not known. Interesting. And Felix is like, did my dad know about this? And Dimitri explains, yes, all the people who were close to my father knew, including Rodrigue. But um, to speak openly about it would have caused a scandal. So no one in the general public knew. Uh, and the fact that Edelgard and I are step siblings was kept a secret as well. And so, AJ, this is why you don't know this. I don't think yeah. Edelgard knows this. Yeah. Okay. That tracks. Yeah. I mean, that's that that's like the only way I could have thought. I mean, I'm glad that it wasn't her like manipulating me or, you know, mm-hmm. just just willingly not telling me. Yeah. Um, but damn. Yeah. All right. Crazy. Um Oof. So Mercedes is like, oh, wow. So she's the only family you have left. It must be really heartbreaking to find out that someone who was so precious to you is actually your most hated enemy. I mean, Annette is sorry. I, I just this was like avoidable then, I guess, <laughs> at this point, just like, yeah, honesty is the best policy, you know? Yeah. So and that's kind of like, so if you two didn't meet until the Academy, does that sort of like soften the blow a little bit? Yeah. And he's like. No, because for a while she lived in Ferdiad and she was actually a cherished friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is a moment where, else, where Sylvain puts two and two together. He's like, oh, my God, this is the girl you gave the dagger to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> this is a great exchange. He's like, so your little girlfriend was Edelgard. And Dimitri's like, Sylvain, can you stop being a fucking idiot for a second, please? <laughs> like, he's not having it at all. And Sylvain's like, all right, fine, geez. Uh, and Felix says, well, she may be your hated enemy now, but she's your old friend and your stepsister. Are you sure you can bring yourself to kill her? Mm. And Dimitri now uh, <laughs> says, I will kill her if I must. But if there's any chance that the world she seeks to create could be a just one, I would love to see a future in which I may reach out my hand for her and have her reach back. I won't let my personal feelings cloud my judgment because there's too much at stake, but it sounds like he is open to, he is open to a better world Mm -hmm. that doesn't Mm -hmm. suck so much. I think he just needs more information about what the fuck is going on. And frankly, so do I. I feel like even if he like is down for a better world if he's not down for her vision of the better world then 
you know, a hundred percent, then she's like, she's but not that's gonna... the thing. I, I think that we don't, we don't know really what her vision is. You know, yeah. we're, we're theorizing over here in blue lions world. So, um, <laughs> right. so Ash is like, well, maybe you should meet with her and try to talk to her. If there's any hope of ending the war without more bloodshed, we have to try. Besides, killing your own family, I'm sorry, but it's not right. Fucking love this boy. <laughs> Fucking love this boy. Not foul in the best way. Anyway, Dimitri's like, okay, yeah, we should at least try. And the last cutscene of this chapter takes place in Enbar. Okay. It's a conversation between Edelgard and Hubert. She finds out about Arendelle's defeat. Hubert says, I advise that we accept this as a drop of joy amid a pool of sorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they don't love him in my run either. No. Yeah. And Edelgard says this, you know, this means we're going to have to confront them all at once. Dimitri, who took back Ferdiad, Claude, who managed to protect the Alliance. Good news, Edelgard. You don't have to face him. He's long gone. (laughs) And that professor who is mobilizing the Knights of Saros. I'm like, "Mm, don't. I don't want to be that associated, but okay. So she commands him to pull back their forces um, in the West to Aryan road, which uh, I have a paralogue that has to do with that, which I think is sort of the mirror of the paralogue you did last episode with um, Hubert. Um, Okay. And uh, in the East, they're pulling back to Fort Mercius. They're dispatching the death knight to guard Fort Mercius. And she says, in the meantime, I will. And Hubert interrupts her and says, forgive me, but I don't agree with what you intend to do. Though slight, there is a chance that once done, it cannot be undone. And she's basically like, there is no other way. And that's where it ends. And I don't know what they're talking about. Me neither. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So... (laughs) Fascinating. I'm really, really excited to play the next chapter because I think it's probably going to be wild. Interesting. Um, Ooh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's all I have for my chapters. I only have a few supports to talk about this week. So um, cool. let's uh, Great. let's launch into your chapter. Yeah. So. Black Eagles, Chapter 16, Lady of Deceit. We are, uh, so when I when I last left us at the end of Chapter 15, we were uh, angling to attack Ferdiad. Mm-hmm. And immediately uh, I meet with Edelgard and Hubert and they're like, that is not the plan. That is what we are. <laughs> that is what we are telling everyone the plan is so that there are no leaks to anywhere. And we're only telling the Black Eagle Strike Force, which is just our class. Oh, my God what the actual real plan is, uh, which is to march to Aryan road. Oh, and take the silver maiden is what mm-hmm. Hubert calls her. Cause it's made of iron or something. Yeah. Sorry. I thought that this was, that's, I thought that was the subject of Hubert's paralogue. I realized no, now Hubert's that was something was, else in the mountains, yeah. right? Yeah. Hubert's paralogue was the, we went to the forest and defeated some mm-hmm. monsters that got loose. And then okay. he, he names those who slither in the dark. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I have not been to Aaron Road yet. I didn't really know anything about Aaron Road. All I knew was that Rodrigue was there uh, and we were going to have to face him uh, and that Aaron Road hasn't been taken in ever. <laughs> it was never, ever. Yeah. It, it was built and has st- has stood uh, firm in, in the kingdom its whole time. Uh, there's some interesting history, which we will get before the battle. So that's our that's our plan. We're going to go face uh, and also, I, I, they do name Cornelia here. Still didn't know who Cornelia was. And uh, they say Cornelia has a suspicious magical weapon. And okay. don't know what that means. You say you're, mm. you will face 
Cornelia in this chapter? Yes. Okay, great. We need to talk about Cornelia. I forgot to bring up some interesting things about Cornelia, but we'll get there. Uh, yeah, no, I know exactly what you forgot to bring up about Cornelia <laughs> because it made me pause my game and go, whoa. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Because, yeah. Um, so uh, once we take Aryan Road, then we will be poised to take Ferdiad from the mountains to the east and from the south. Uh, so we'll have a, a double. I'm, I'm making like a, a pincer movement with my hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beginning of this month, is the Death Knight's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Even the Death Knight has a birthday. (laughs) So I had tea with the Death Knight. It was lovely. Uh, Edelgard, I think I might have mentioned this in the last episode, uh, has a new class now called Emperor. It's basically her same sick red armor, but now it's just all gold. Damn. And her defense is insanely high. That's Um, I talked to Felix, uh, and he is prepared to kill his dad. Jesus. And Dimitri. Uh, but he says his sword feels heavy at the thought of that. Mm. So which, you know, that look what you've done tracks. to my boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Resolute as I am. My sword feels dot 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 heavy. Petra says she likes sneak attacks because it's like hunting and it's safer for the people doing the hunting. Um, Cool. Shamir basically is like, hey, that battle last month was a fucking shit show Uh, because they they tried to take Eric Mock and and we lost Mm -hmm. a lot of people on on all sides. She's like, that fucking blew. But (laughs) she she basically hold on. I want to get the exact quote because it's it's just so like borderline silly. She says sometimes it's easier to get by without any personal attachment or religious beliefs. Like, okay, well, just don't believe in anything and you'll be fine. Okay, jeez. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, Jedi Order over here. God. Yeah, I said, are you all right? She said, are you asking me if I'm okay with killing my former colleagues? And then said, sometimes it's easier to go by without any personal mm-hmm. attachments. Like, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> Ferdinand has an interesting view of Dimitri's uh, fitness to be king mm-hmm. uh, in that he is not fit to be king uh, <laughs> because he has such strong feelings. He says kingly judgment has to be wholly separate from the individual. That's interesting that this is coming up in your uh, run because this is Mm. starting to be a theme in my run, which we'll talk about when we talk about supports. Okay, yeah, Mm. I'm excited. I have a bunch of supports that I could talk about today. I'm (laughs) going to try not to talk about all of them, but there are definitely some that I need to hit. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he says the uh, his his judgment is not great (laughs) Um, for a king. I fucking I talk to the Death Knight says the kingdom is going to ha- has some tough opponents, but but the, the demon, demon inside, inside of me will only be satiated by fighting you. <laughs> OK, uh, God, man, just chill for a sec. It was your yeah. birthday. I took you to tea. Just let me have this. <laughs> How was tea with the Death Knight? It was fine. It was just like regular tea time. I, I have been doing this thing where every time I go to tea time, I just Google X, whoever's name, perfect I tea time. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the patience to try and it's figure just, it out. You don't have so enough upsetting. tea to like figure out everything everybody likes talking about, you know? Right, it's just easy right. To look it up. And then they have their favorite teas too, which I don't really know if that changes mm-hmm. anything, but. I have no idea. Um, yeah. So also in my last chapter, uh, Randolph died. Right. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, so mm-hmm. I go to see Flaish. Uh, in the stables, which is where they always are. And she basically just said that uh, Randolph entrusted her to carry on his duty. And she seems pretty like, I'm going to do it for my brother. She doesn't seem absolute, like she doesn't seem destroyed like she was in, mm-hmm. in your version. I love Flesh very much. I wish that I could give her gifts and stuff. She just seems really sweet. And I'm sorry that she's the child soldier. <laughs> 
I found a a a former monk outside of the chapel mm-hmm. or the cathedral who basically says, like, I have been a monk my whole life, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but now all the church talks about is killing and I can't get behind that. So today mm-hmm. from today on, I will be a former monk of of Saros. I was like, OK, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Bernadetta, as a result of her and Petra's paralogue, is like. I think I want to go exploring. I want to see things. I think I want to go to Bridget and like see all the carnivorous plants and like draw them and stuff. Uh, I love so, this for her. That's such a big, like, yeah. what an improvement. What so a... I, that warmed my heart. Oh my um, God. Truly amazing. Such growth. Yeah. Hubert says now that Soteth and Flane are dead, the church is like crumbling, but they're still strong opponents. So we still need to keep our wits about us. Mm-hmm. You know, ever the realist Hubert. And then the scholar who I've talked to every time, who's just like hanging out in the library, every single chapter, the scholar gives me some new history. So there used to be a Southern church down in Enbar that tried to raise up against the monastery, uh, was quashed by the empire. And then the empire had to like beg forgiveness from the church, uh, Mm -hmm. which I just thought was an interesting power dynamic. That is interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of weird that this has kind of happened before, but the it was from within the church, so it wasn't the right time, I guess. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like if if Edelgard was alive then, that would have been a much more successful... Well, I mean, not that this isn't successful, but I feel like if she had people in the church already, mm-hmm. um, it well, might have Well, I guess, did they explain, better. like, why the Southern Church rose up? Uh, yeah, all all he says is about 120 years ago, they had a massive insurrection. The mm. bishop of the Southern Church who participated was exiled by the emperor. Uh, after that, the empire reconciled with the central church, but relations continued to be strained. Mm. Uh, that history has probably laid the groundwork for the current antagonism among the empire, uh, the empire citizens, which, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nothing, nothing specific, just a massive insurrection. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Linhart says something pretty interesting about there's like obviously the stories of the relics among like the 10 you know no whatever but he says there's like thousands of stories of relics just like out there like thousands of different kinds of relics Mm. um but there's no proof that all of these relics exist interesting there are just stories of them so i don't it's weird um but i guess also we know this the ones who slither in the dark are trying to make their own relics so maybe it's that kind of situation Mm -hmm. and then finally edelgard all of the these these post time skip chapters no one has been in like the dormitories Mm -hmm. um obviously because you know they can to sleep other places. But Edelgard this week is in the dormitories. So I go and her door is closed. And so I answer the door and said, hey, what's up? And she tells me to go away because there's something in there that she doesn't want me to see. And I say, is it a portrait? And she says, ah, yeah. So you saw it before, like, because, you know, she had been drawing this portrait of of Byleth. Uh, She's like, yeah, I'm I'm drawing a portrait of you, but it's like really bad. So I I don't want you to see it. So please just like go away. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's really nice. Thank you. Uh, She's like, yeah, whatever. Just don't come in. Bizarre. Yeah, it's very silly. Um. And that's so that's that's pretty much my monastery scene. Um, I did a whole bunch of supports, which we will talk about in support time. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to the siege of Arian Road. So uh, we get our like pre battle scene with the opposite side uh, with Rodrigue and Cornelia. They know that we're coming. And in this part of my notes, I said, Rodrigue and Cornelia have caught wind of our plans. My next note is in all caps and says, oh, Cornelia, geez. <laughs> um, Cornelia has 
what the kids call mommy milkers. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe you put it that way. It's okay. Right. It's not only that Cornelia is uh, generously endowed. It is also <laughs> the fact that she is wearing a dress mm-hmm. that defies all known laws of gravity. <laughs> It is, yeah, it is no basically straps. just n- no straps, just s- like a bikini, you know, like a triangular bikini top with no straps. Somehow, mm-hmm. like this thing must be made of boob tape for it to be able to right. stay up. Or it's like there is magic happening here. It makes no goddamn sense. Magic or it's got like like rods in it or something to like. Yeah, hold, uh, even oh even then, like there there is an adhesive situation. There is no other way for this dress to feasibly not cause a, a wardrobe malfunction. Sure. I, like it is just fascinating to me that yeah. this design and how, like, I just, I can't look at her and not think about like, what are, what, how was this dress constructed? Um, <laughs> maybe that's just because I, I'm a sewist, but like, I'm just like, how do you make that? How does that work? It, yeah. it doesn't. Anyway, I just, it, it, it's distracting, but um, yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Uh, she looks incredible. Extremely good. <laughs> sure. She also has this yeah, like yeah. rough thing made of feathers. It rules. Anyway. Yeah. Continue. She's great. Uh, so uh, Rodriguez and Cornelia Rodriguez like, oh, there's Empire troops coming. It seems that it was kind of a bluff. And Cornelia is kind of like, wait, what? She says, uh, how could this be? I've not heard a thing about. Ah, I understand now. I am the target. And Rodriguez says, you? Are you sure they don't mean to take Aryan Road for strategic reasons? And then she says, uh, it would appear so from the outside. However, the circumstances are not that simple. And will you calm yourself? It will not be a fierce fight whatsoever. The sweet children I have prepared will protect Aryan Road well. To which Rodriguez responds, Cornelia, dot, dot, dot. And that's that's the end of the scene. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, do you kill some blue lions in this chapter? I do kill some blue lions in this chapter. Those are not the sweet children. The sweet children, I believe, okay. are her giant metal men. <laughs> You were gonna say giant something else. Okay. No. Um Fuck. great. <laughs> no, so so uh we we arrive and I'm skipping a scene here for a sec, but um the the her sweet children are just like these huge like suits of armored guys okay. with like giant shields and small swords for some reason. Got it. Um yeah, there's three of Probably them. Probably the same things I fought, yeah. They're big, yeah. Uh, if you played a total tangent, if you played Zelda Twilight Princess, they kind of look like hammer guys from the Temple of Time. So there you go. Sure. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get Hubert and Edelgard and myself, or I guess it's it's everybody, but it's mostly just Hubert and Edelgard talking, and then everyone's like, yeah, I'll go fight. But so... We get we get some history about Aryan Road. It is the property, I guess, or, or it's under the stewardship of House Row, um, mm-hmm. which I don't know if we know anybody from House Row. But yeah, they they built it. Um, but when they were building it, they were a part of the Empire. But then once they finished it, they said, just kidding. <laughs> we're a part of the kingdom. Wow. I uh, because they were they were already on the border. So they just said, like, we'll go with the kingdom and it'll be mm-hmm. fine. Uh, and then the empire was what unable to take Aryan road back because they never really had it in the first place. And it's this like huge, uh, fortress with like steel walls and stuff. And you know, it's impenetrable quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so that was pretty interesting. That was 400 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. So Hubert basically just tells everyone's like, Oh, it's never fallen. Not once. And everyone is like, (laughs) Petra immediately just says, we will now be destroying that memory. The past is the past. (laughs) Now is now. And Caspar's like a fortress that has never fallen. Ooh, I can't wait to make it fall. (laughs) 
Yeah, so everybody's just like, oh, sick. I can't wait to destroy this place that's never been destroyed. And Bernadetta says, an invincible fortress sounds perfect. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> that's, that's it. Hubert says, this is the battle for the future of Fodlin. And then we head in. We get to the battle. Like I said, it's just a big fortress, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, there are these, like, floor tiles that are traps. Um, mm-hmm. And if you stand on it, you get hurt at the end of the turn. But obvi- there are two obvious um, levers on the map. And Edelgard's like, oh, the levers must stop it. So once you pull one, that doesn't stop them. So she's like, oh, you must have to pull the second one, which is like deep in enemy territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you pull the second one, it's you're all good. It was it was I tried. To, I'm sure that the damage wouldn't have been that bad, but I tried just for the sake of like, this is how the game wants me to do it to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. And I, you know, I, so, and that was also just to give me, myself a little extra level of having to strategize my movements and stuff. Yeah, I will say um, just because. I don't have much else to say about it. I'll just point it out here. I did a paralogue this week called The Silver Maiden. It was a Dimitri mm. paralogue, and it was basically the same thing, um, except uh, the Empire had taken Aryan Road, and so sure. we were going to take it back. Um, yeah, that Hubert tracks. was there. Hanneman and Manuela were also there. Yeah, I don't know why. On the Empire side? Yeah, on the Empire side. Whoa. Really bizarre. But anyway, yeah, it was exactly the same deal. There were the traps. There was, you know, you go and you pull one lever and it's like, that didn't do it. So I basically just went around the side that didn't have any traps. And well, I'll I'll let you finish yours because I don't want to spoil anything if... It happened to be the same sure. for you. But yeah, this was nothing of note really happened in this paralogue for me. It's the first time a paralogue mm. hasn't had anything interesting to do with the person who's supposedly. The yeah, this was it. this just that just seems like it was a military strategy paralogue. Yeah, pretty <laughs> like, much. We need to take this fort because it's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the setup for this battle is it has eight of your 11 student or eight of your 11 units in the front gate and then three of them just around the side like by one of the side gates. Oh, mine was different. Okay. Which was so weird. Uh, and especially for me, because I have like, once I got everybody where I was, where I wanted to go, I was like, oh man, I have a lot of spellcasters over here. Mm-hmm. Cause I had Dorothea, Lysithia, Linhart. I guess it was just those three over here. And then Hubert over on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a really weird way to kind of because you only have three spots over on the side. So I put Caspar over there because that's like halfway up the fort mm-hmm. and Caspar slow as shit. I'm really trying to get that boy's riding up so that he can become a, a great knight and have horse speed and um, yeah, fortress I'm knight doing that armor. with to do yeah. right now. It's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I've, OK, sorry. Sidetrack. I did so many like 65 percent master seal tests today yeah or, or, or for this chapter and none of them worked really Not a single one that i went through like half a dozen master seals and mm-hmm. nobody passed holy shit yeah it you, was you really gotta really build it up it seems like apparently yeah i mean i guess because it's the final level of mm-hmm. class you know so i guess that's it makes sense but like lysithia was like 67 percent liable to, to pass the mm-hmm. uh gremory test and she didn't i was like fucking yeah i've had a few failures um <sighs> yeah anyway uh so the battle happens we pull the levers we do the thing there was a chest around the side that i just had petra fly to because she's on a wyvern and it's Mm -hmm. the best thing ever um i fight this man named gwendal i don't know he calls himself the gray lion oh yeah yeah Uh, yeah yeah. i fought him in i forget if it was a paralogue or something he was the one who we had to 
fight him because he was sworn to some former kingdom lord who had sided with the empire and he was Got like it. a always follow orders kind of guy but then when we killed him he was like thank you <laughs> i didn't like this actually really uh, yeah ingrid is also there unfortunately yeah, had to, to murk Ingrid, unfortunately. <sighs> she said to me, You have chosen to assist the Empire even while knowing their deeds. I am truly disappointed in you, Professor. Prepare yourself, heel of the Empire. A wretch like you will never be qualified to rule over oh, Fodlin. Uh, to which Spicy. the note I wrote in response Yeah, the note I wrote in response to that was the only downside of taking this route is that everyone hates me. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> is just like, hey, you fucking suck. That's the only downside? <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> also, uh, in the very, very front of the fort uh, is our, our very own Roderick. He is mm-hmm. right there on the front lines. I made sure that Felix was the one that killed him. How'd that go? Uh, well, when he starts the fight with Felix, he says, uh, So, my foolish son, you took it upon yourself to leave your family behind. Felix says, I'm not coming back. I won't serve the boar. And then Roderick comes back with, it's a father's duty to settle his child's failures. Felix, you must die here and no! now. Oh, my God. That is yeah. not the Roderick I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so they they fought. And then when you kill him, he says, so this is it. Your majesty, please bring us victory. Uh, really rough stuff. Um, mm. And then the, the rest of it is just, you know, it's a battle. There are four or three of those big armored guys. Um, mm-hmm. I did manage to get their material, I guess. If you get rid of all of their yellow things, you get the material, uh, which is just a whole bunch of material to fix the Death Knight's scythe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been I've been having the Death Knight use a different lance this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I can finally fix the scythe, uh, which is exciting news. And then uh, so we go and we get up to Cornelia and I go to fight her with Edelgard, which does not trigger any unique dialogue. So she just says, oh, my, what a charming guest. Let me take care of you. And the face, the facial and uh, uh, like I, I can't think of how to what to call them, the portraits, I guess. Uh-huh. Some of the expressions she has are bizarre, right? Terrifying, like sp- Spooky scary. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't like it. So you kill Cornelia or Edelgard kills Cornelia. Uh, she says, ah, all in accordance with this carefully crafted script of ours. What a masterpiece. What a delightful dance. And apparently uh, this line is actually a mistranslation <laughs> from, the, from the from the Japanese text. The according to the 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 Fire Emblem wiki, uh, according to the Fire Emblem wiki, the original or the uh, a more accurate translation is, ah, so this is the script you have carefully crafted. What a masterpiece. The ones that were being forced to dance around were in fact us. Oh, uh, Ooh. which c- kind of paints that a little differently. Yeah. I mean, equally um, interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then Edelgard declares victory. Aaron Road has fallen. Uh, another army will take control. As for us, we will take our force all the force we can muster in advance on the kingdom capital. So we leave, we put in another army to occupy, uh, and we head back to the monastery. Great. Cool. Uh, so then we go to a scene outside the monastery, uh, with Edelgard and Lord Arendelle. Uh, I am there as well. And he was supposed to be, I forget where he was stationed, but he was not stationed. He was not supposed to be at the monastery. He was supposed to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And Edelgard's like, Oh, what are you like? What's, what's going on? And she says, well, oh, I guess he was at, 
Dare Drew doing stuff because uh, he says my business in the old alliance territory has roughly finished. Mm. I wanted to see the face of my niece who so bravely took Aryan Road. I've heard it was done with truly magnificent tact and that you even deceived some of your allies because we didn't tell anybody what the real plan was except for the people who needed to right. know. And Edelgard's like, I'm glad to earn your praise, but I, to say that I deceived my allies is a bit misleading. Mm-hmm. Um so which Arendel replies, I see. However, there are some unfortunate consequences. Cornelia surely planned to betray them, but she has been struck down. Truly wasteful meddling. Unless was it your intention to kill her? To which he looks at me and I have it was it was not or I didn't care either way. Uh, to which I sat with for a minute and then just decided to say it was um, nice, 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 nice. Which which made uh, my re- my relationship with Edelgard go up. And then she says, "Professor, don't joke about that. The only ones <laughs> who came to kill were our enemies." Oh, um, okay. They talk about and then they talk about the the, the mat her magical weapon was the the huge you know her sweet children those huge oh, uh, yeah. knight guys. And she asked if Lord Arendelle knew about them. And he said, if that were the case, would it not have been better to keep her as an ally? If you're only capable of such imprudence, this dark cloud might hang over the Empire's future as well. Uh, and she says, thanks, but I can sweep aside any darkness that comes our way. Uh, and then he, he's, oh my God. So then he says, I will be praying, praying that the Empire will not become another Aryan road. To which Edelgard says, another Aryan road? What do you mean? And he says, I must take my leave. Farewell. Uh, so some fun foreboding, uh, which then fades to black and we come back and Hubert is running up to the two of us, totally out of breath, like shaken, um, which I've never seen. Yeah, you're yeah. making the face, the yeah. face of a person who has heard Hubert has been shaken. Yeah. And he says, Lady Edelgard, there you are. We just received some truly, tr- we, some truly shocking news. It is said that pillars of light have rained down from the heavens and disintegrated Aryan Road. What the uh, fuck? Right. To which Edelgard says disintegrated. I say, how is that possible? And Hubert says it was likely some type of magic, perhaps a forbidden art. So, yeah, I believe this has happened before. Uh huh. We'll get there in a second. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Hubert says, uh, uh, sorry, I should because because Edelgard asks for a full report. And he says, oh, I'm sorry. I should compose myself <laughs> and just talks about the, the pillars of light uh, descended and exploded. Uh, destroyed the main building and the north wall uh, and all of the key people of house row are either missing or confirmed dead uh, as are a third of the empire soldiers that we sent there Uh, so she says so this is my uncle's trump card in exchange for striking down cornelia he has destroyed arian road and then it's like they start having a conversation forgetting i'm there Uh (laughs) uh-huh because hubert says perhaps we acted too soon in our disposal of cornelia edelgard says no if we'll be fighting them soon if we'll be fighting them soon there's no disadvantage to weakening their forces it's also extremely valuable that we force them to show their hand hubert the investigation you made into the legend of i I, 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 the valley of torment Yeah. yeah this this is likely what took place back then as well and he says yes the probability is high I say the same thing happened in the past and Hubert liked that. Our relationship went up. He says, yes, it's quite likely. North of Garigmach, there's a valley where the earth is always aflame. Once javelins of light fell from the sky, they pierced the earth and set the forest ablaze, creating a land of torment. We believed it may have been the work of the goddess, but it was actually an attack by those who slither in the dark. Oh, I called it. <laughs> I called it. Um, yeah, I because sins purified in the cleansing flames mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay yeah so 
Uh, Edelgard says, by giving us that knowledge, those who died in Aryan Road will not have died in vain. Hubert says, indeed, it would be good to control this, the flow of this information. Uh, and Edelgard says, yeah, we will conceal this from everyone as best we can. I trust you, my teacher. And then we go to our war council scene with everybody. And immediately Edelgard is like, uh, I'm sure everyone heard what happened at Aryan Road. I can't believe the church would do something like that. So everybody's like, yeah, the church. I can't believe they the have church. such power. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't believe they have such power. And Hubert's like, don't worry. According to our investigations, they can't do it very often because it takes a lot of power. So we have... we. <laughs> So we just need to take care of the church by the end of the month uh, and we'll be good. So, okay, (laughs) sure. So I guess uh, I guess that's that's how we're just going to spin it. So uh, an attack on Fraudarius territory has already begun uh, because Rodrigue is not there anymore, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so pretty much our next mission is to head to Ferdiad. We march through the Taeltian Plains toward Ferdiad. And the complete imperial control over Foldland will finally be a reality. And everyone's like, wow, great. And Dorothea is still the only one who's like iffy about killing everybody. She says, I understand that a confrontation is inevitable. Still, I wonder if there's some path we could take that would cause less suffering. Mm. Uh, To which Petra responds, this is the only path for the goal we are reaching for. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, that's chapter 16. The Lady of Deceit. So our our information combined, our powers combined, Captain Planet, mm-hmm. um, I, I believe you're probably right <laughs> that Cornelia was body snatched. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't see I I just don't know why you wouldn't reveal yourself in that in, in that in that moment. But I guess if you're a powerful enough mage, you don't really have to yeah. show your your gross body. There, you know? Yeah. And there must have been some they, they must have had some business there that they were attending to that maybe someday. You will find out what it was, but that's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, it turned out this whole, the lady of deceit is, is kind of a, a, a double, a double thing because the lady of deceit yeah. is Cornelia who is deceiving the kingdom, but also Edelgard who is deceiving, I guess, that's the right. empire, uh, because our, our whole goal of going to, f- going to Arianrood was to kill Cornelia. She didn't give a shit about right. the silver maiden or Rodrigue or anything. She just wanted right. to kill Cornelia. Interesting. So yeah. Hmm. So, uh. That's it. That's the okay. chapter. And I am I'm excited for the next one, because uh, if if she is to be believed, we're marching to Ferdiad. That'll be interesting. And I do meta knowledge know that I only have two chapters left. Right. Um, uh, including the next one, right? So it's yes, yeah, so I have 17 and 18. Mm-hmm. Wow. OK. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. <sighs> we're almost mm. done. The, they're almost done. The video game, Kim. We're almost done. Wow. For the first time. And then, you know. Yeah. And then we're going to do it again. <laughs> but yeah, I this is ugh, a lot of interesting things mm-hmm. are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm fascinated to see if this, you know, potentially peaceful outcome as among uh, Dimitri and Edelgard in my run is a possibility mm. in yours. I suspect that's a no. Yeah, probably not. Me, I, I had a scene in the beginning of the next chapter with my Dimitri and Rhea. Um, yeah, which is pretty much if you don't want to No, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I'll I'll talk more about it, but it's pretty much just Dimitri being like, well, they're coming. So we have to be ready. Okay. Uh, And that's, that's pretty much it. There's no talk of maybe diplomacy. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. Yeah. Is it time for our, our war child (laughs) check-in? Yeah. So with that, uh, we do our, we, yeah, it's time for our check-in. I have a number of supports, I believe, 
Uh, yeah, I only have a handful that I think are worth discussing. Sure. Um, um, yeah. Do you want to go? Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, so <laughs> the first one, there's unfortunately a couple with Gilbert, which, ugh. but anyway, um, <laughs> the first one is Byleth and Gilbert's a support, which again, I've already gotten his like full set of supports with Annette where he says he's going to promise to go. He promises to go home um, to yeah. Annette and her mother. And at the beginning of this, this scene, he's like, we're talking about like our plans after the war. And he's like, you know, I intended to go home. However, I thought fi- sometimes I find myself thinking differently and I'm like, do not fucking test me, Gilbert. <laughs> but what he says is, I wonder if I should ask my wife to join me here at the monastery. Um, uh-huh. So he clearly is, envisioning a future with his family but you know where that occurs who's to say sure it's like if, if you hurt annette again i will personally come and find you gilbert and kill you because you are somehow in a game full of morally questionable people maybe my least favorite person in this entire he's just right reg- he's just a regular shitty guy he's I just think, a, yeah thing. like he's t- almost too realistically shitty <laughs> like <laughs> Just pure, like, boomer shitty. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> the only other interesting thing uh, from the support is he uh, repeats something that uh, the late king uh, once said to him. The dead are dead and those who live are not bound by them. What an oddly specific thing for the king to have said that his son didn't retain even a little bit. Um, <laughs> right. Just, just so, so what a bizarrely on point message. Um, that did not sink in at all for Dimitri. Um, (laughs) The other Gilbert support that I got that I thought was really fascinating, um, and I had no interest in this at all, but it turns out to be extremely juicy, um, and I want more. Dudu and Gilbert. Uh, I got their C support. This is the only person I've ever seen Dudu be intentionally rude to. (sighs) Um, I mean, he deserves it. Yeah. So we start this scene. Gilbert's like, oh, hello. You've grown a lot since I saw you last. And Dudu's like, you don't know me. <laughs> you barely know me. What are you talking He's like, okay, fine. I guess we've only met a handful of times. Fun. And Dudu's like, yeah, you know, as haggard as you look now, you were even Holy worse shit. the last time I saw you in the Capitol. Oh, my God. Fucking savage. Damn. Um, and Gilbert's like, Haggard, huh? Yeah, I, I guess that's true. And Dudu's like, I see you're still weighed down by the same regret. My man. <laughs> and so we get to hear about Gilbert. Oh, you know, I couldn't protect the king. I'm, you know, his usual pity party. Um, yeah. You know, Dudu's like, if you have the spare time to come here, because they're in the church chapel or whatever, if you have the spare time to come here and beg forgiveness then you have time to pick up a lance and train your prayers are mere self-indulgence wow god this man i love him so much (laughs) um and basically the the point that that dudu ends up making in this scene is like the kingdom needed you and his highness needed you and you you abandoned them and basically gilbert used to be by basically by Dimitri's telling to to do Gilbert used to be the ideal knight. Like um, Mm. the way he describes him is above reproach, um, including, you know, not only his fighting prowess, but also his character. And you says, I only came as far as I have um, by modeling my conduct after his stories about you. And 
now you're like this total piece of shit, <laughs> basically. Wow. And this ends with Gilbert being like, yeah, forget all those stories. I'm irredeemable Um, because he's, you know, I think that theoretically, I think this could have happened pre-time skip. So like he sure. have been sort of in the, the throes of his um, pity party. Um, sure. But yeah, I just... Uh, I thought it was fascinating to see Dudu be rude to anyone, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it was good shit, and I liked it. And I I like watching people drag Gilbert, but I especially like watching Dudu drag Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was a fun one. Amazing. Uh, do you do you want to do some? We can alternate. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I can uh, blow through a couple kind of quick. I got a bunch of A supports today. I got a couple for Ferdinand. I got a few for Linhart and then a couple for Dorothea as well. So um, I'm just going to quickly run through the Ferdinand ones uh, right now. Yeah, I got Ferdinand and Bernadetta's A support <laughs> where they're drinking tea. And Ferdinand basically tells her, you know, when I was a kid, I my parents had uh, started arranging a marriage for me with another, uh, a noble girl. And I asked them not to, because this girl would like, I had heard rumors of her, uh, creating, uh, just like scary dolls and stuff in her room. Um, <laughs> and she's like, Oh wow. She sounds pretty, pretty weird. And Ferdinand's like, Bernadette, it was, it was you. Oh my I was God. To. Um, and she's like, what? I never did that. I like she- made little dolls of like carnivorous plants because I love carnivorous plants, which seems like a character trait has that has just all of a sudden blown up in all of her like BNA supports. It, yeah. It, they're all just like every single one has the phrase carnivorous plants in it. That's so um, funny. I will say, yeah. um, recall when we talked about tea time and the yeah. interesting. So her uh, bespoke conversation topic at tea that she will always like talking about is carnivorous plants. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. She loves them. And so, uh, Ferdinand says like now, you know, if I had known you as I know you now, like I obviously would have said yes to this thing and like not, you know, lie to my parents, whatever, which is like, whatever. Sure. Um, but then he says, but if I wasn't afraid of you, then, then we wouldn't have met in school and become such great friends as we are now. And I really value our friendship and I really like, you know, like spending time with you and like hanging out with you and doing all this stuff. He says, if if we if we were married, we wouldn't have been able to become friends, which is like, I think, really sweet. And like, I like how a lot of these a supports aren't not a lot, but the ones that I got this week specifically are like not really romantic at all. It's just like, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you and spending time around you and like right. how, you know, our friendship makes me feel, which I think is uh, really nice because I was expecting them all to be like, I'm madly in love and blah, 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 mm-hmm. which I wasn't super hyped about. But this is this is good that they're all just like being really good friends, mm-hmm. including Ferdinand and Petra, uh, yeah. which is another a support that I got. <laughs> Petra said starts starts this off by saying Ferdinand looks lonely. And he says in wartime, hardly. I'm too busy trying not to die <laughs> to be lonely. <laughs> um, Good one. Good one, Ferdinand. Uh, yeah. And then so they, they just kind of go back and forth. It, it, you know, as all stuff with Petra boils down to, they start talking about Bridget. Um, mm-hmm. That's not a slight to Petra at all, by the way. You know, uh, Ferdinand says like, oh, Edelgard wants you to become the ruler of of Bridget so that, you know, we can have good relationship with the Empire. Petra says that Fodlin is as much home to her as Bridget. Ferdinand says that after 
the war, he he's he, he's going to be lonely if Petra leaves. Like he's going to miss Petra, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he says maybe he'll he he has this idea that maybe he will work as an ambassador between Bridget and Fodlin, so that if Petra goes and becomes the ruler of of Bridget, then he can be you know that he can still see her uh, and that they can still spend time together and continue into the future as friends, uh, which That's I thought nice. was pretty. Pretty freaking sweet. Uh, and then I think those are all of the Ferdinand ones I got. Do you have others you would like to talk about? Sure. Yeah. So let's do uh, we'll do Dimitri and Ingrid's B plus support. I believe we talked about this last time or whenever I got their previous support. But um, last time we saw these two interact, they got in an argument about uh, Glenn's death. Right. So they basically find each other and both apologize. And Dimitri's like, let me explain my feelings because I didn't do a good job last time. Uh, I saw countless corpses at Dusker, including Glenn's. Uh, They weren't even able to bring his body back. He must have died an agonizing death. That's what I saw on his face. So we we had previously discussed how Rodrigue told me they only like Glenn's body didn't come back. It was just his armor and his sword. And we were like, does that mean he's still alive? I don't think so. (laughs) Dimitri, I think, did see him dead. But I I guess it was so, so brutal that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Really sad. And Dimitri says, you know, my point was essentially that in that wasteland, there were no beautiful, proud deaths that would be written about in heroic tales. And I don't want you to die like that. And Ingrid says, you know, I understand, but sometimes knights must fight and die on behalf of their king. Um, Yeah. Any king who won't allow people to die on his behalf is too soft to rule well. (laughs) Yikes. This is is why this is why Ingrid is like a little bit uh, like I said, not not foul in a good way, but like closer to foul and bad than uh, my others (laughs) in that quadrant. Sure. And Dimitri's like, you know, have I disappointed you by being too soft? (laughs) And she says, no, um, you know, I actually choose to serve you because of your soft hearted ideals. And it's because of you that I can, you know, move on. I I didn't quite understand what she was getting at, but I think the point was kind of like, because of you, I have something to Mm. kind of continue to fight for and can move on from uh, the loss of Glenn, um, you know, because there's there's something else to focus on. But yeah, I uh, it's it's echoing kind of the story that you're getting on your side, which is that Dimitri is like too emotional right, too to yeah. to be an effective king. Uh, so I don't know. It's kind of fascinating to me. I'm interested to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my my only other one that I wanted to talk about it is Bernie and Raphael's A plus support. We did it. <sighs> We did it, folks. Um, love these two so much. Um, you know, last last time we left them, he had suggested that they make a habit of having conversations to make it more comfortable and easier for her to right, have right, conversations right. with people and especially scary people like him. Um, <laughs> so they're outside. They're having a normal conversation. Uh, they talk about the weather and it leads to a conversation about Raph's hometown. Uh, he talks about his sister and 
He wonders what she's up to. He says, I haven't seen her since I came back to Garrick Mock. She probably doesn't even remember me, which is wild because we've been here less than a year. And I don't like this child is at least five now. She probably remembers you. Hmm. (laughs) Bernie says, how could she forget such a terrifying, I mean, terrific (laughs) big brother, (laughs) which is so good. He is relieved to hear her say that. uh, And because he all of that relief is making him hungry. So they sit down for a picnic. She like cooked for them. I guess maybe that's why they were out here. Um, Mm -hmm. I have no idea. But they they sit down for a picnic. She made him uh, meet. He loves it. uh, Totally thrilled with it. Really gassing her up as he always does. Bernie canonically a good cook. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That's the thing. She's like good at so many things. Um, She is. She's very talented. And he he's gassing her up um, uh, as he always does. And she says, I can make more sometime. And he said, yeah, well, we should get this war over with so you can have more time to cook. And this ends with like this really sweet shot of the two of them. I'll find it for you. It's them from behind, sort of like side by side, looking out Uh, over the grounds of the monastery. And it's the only time I've seen this kind of shot in in a support. And it's really, really lovely. Yeah, I just love these two together. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully them ending up together. Yeah, it was just a really, really nice moment. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, those are those are really all of my supports. Cool. I have several with Linhart. Oh, I'm so fascinated. Okay. A couple of them I can just run through like extremely fast. He helps Petra. She asks if he knows where she can get wood because it's too dark to go harvest more. And she got so much meat in her hunt that she needs more wood to smoke it and preserve it. So he's like, oh, there's a bunch of old chairs and tables and stuff like at this part of the monastery. You can go get those. And she's like, "Okay, great. Thanks for your help. Come with me. He's like, oh, fine. That's their minus support. It's very sweet, honestly. She's like asks for help and he gives it and is not like a total shithead about it. Mm. Um, I just a support with Dory uh, and their whole the the arc of their whole thing. Just to to refresh us is there were some knights who were saying that Dorothea didn't really earn her place in the monastery. She made friends with a noble and blah, blah, blah. And Linhart was like, oh, just forget about it. Just don't be sad about it. And she's like, well, it's not as easy for me as it is for you. And then he's like, I don't get it. What do you mean? And then that's the end of their C support. Their B support is him being like. Sorry, I, I like know that uh, maybe it's not as easy, but like you should still just do it. And Dorothy is like, I can't. <laughs> it's like, that's just not who I am. And like, and it's not a complete lie. Like the way she got into the monastery was by courting this noble person who like kind of tried to get her in the monastery. The girl was just playing a game, you know? Listen, we love a woman who does what what needs to get done, you know? What needs to get done, exactly. Uh, and so now they're a support. Um, five years later, he comes and is like, hey, I, I was dumb for saying like, uh, and he had said in the B support like, oh, well, m- the way I go through life is when stuff makes me sad, I just hide from it. Um, I just don't think about that stuff. And she's like, well, that you can't do that. And he's like, why not? Sure, I can. That's not a healthy um, coping mechanism. Yeah. And so now five years later, he's like, hey, I realized this, that was a dumb idea. <laughs> Uh, cause if you run away from all your problems and hide, then eventually you run out of places to run and hide. Ooh. 
And I wrote, damn, this boy is learning lessons here. Um, <laughs> and she's, you know, she's like, thanks him. And when, when, when this scene starts, Linhart's like, oh, hey. And Dorothy says, oh, have you come to ask me to dinner? And he's like, well, yes, but also. And then he says <laughs> this stuff. And, uh, you know, he like calls her an amazing person and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, I thought when you were saying that thing, that stuff before, you were just trying to like make me feel better and like forget about it. Like, no, I actually think like you're a pretty good like a pretty cool person do you want to go to dinner and she was like wait what she's like well you asked earlier if i was coming to ask you to dinner and i did say yes um so do you want to go get dinner uh she calls him weird and then they go to dinner i also got linhart and lysithia's b and a support wow so he finds her and and in their last one he pretty much uh, goaded her into confirming that she has the two crests and that, you know, mm-hmm. she had experiments, whatever. Uh, and he, so in the B support, he's like, in all the research that I've been doing about crests, the only way I could see someone having two crests is if it was forcibly implanted after birth. And then he says, if the power exists to implant a crest, there must be a way to remove it as well. Uh, and, and then he says, this is part of what professor Hanneman's research was about, um, which blows my mind. <laughs> About removing? About removing crests. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So now I'm like, now I'm thinking like, yeah, I would give you a piece of my body to to save Lysithia's life. Yeah. Just wild stuff. So he says that. And then he says like, but, you know, if I were you, I would never give up the power of two crests. And then she calls him crass and foolish and lacking empathy. And she storms off. Um, and then their A support. Their A support is so, so weird. So, so Linhart had like summoned Lysithia uh, and was like, hey, I, I've made two desserts here. Uh, and he calls them. He says, what you see before you is a life choice. And she says, oh, and then he explains that like he had got the pastry chef to make these two desserts out of like in, in wartime out of like ingredients that are like really hard to get and blah, blah, blah. So this is like a miraculous thing that's happened here. And he he basically tells her like, so we can we can share this, um, but you can only have one of them. You can only have one dessert, but I'm not going to eat the other one. She's like, oh, well, then I'll just have both. And he says, he says, oh, no. <laughs> Uh, she says, if you're not partaking, uh, I'll just go ahead and eat both. And he says, oh, no, for you see, if you eat one, you simply cannot, must not eat the other. Should you eat both, a pair of ingredients, one in each pastry, will combine to poison you. <laughs> and she says, she, her response is, that seems unnecessarily intense. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so he's like, yeah. What is you this know. metaphor you're trying right. to? Right, and so. Oh my God. Oh my God. So he, sa- he says like, you know, eating one won't kill you, uh, but making the choice means you won't be able to taste the second dessert ever, no matter what. Uh, you'll never know which one tasted best. And if you're underwhelmed by your choice, you would regret your decision forever. And she said, so I should just pick one and be done with it. And he says, but you've chosen already, haven't you? Not between the pastries, but your life paths. You would gamble on the chance of living a long life, even if it meant losing your two crests, correct? Hence my current choice. And then she said, wait, whose choice are we talking about now? And he said, a shortened lifespan doesn't necessarily mean a short life. Even with two crests, you might live a long time. And with you around, the study of crests will undoubtedly reach previously unimagined levels. On the other hand, getting rid of them could help someone that I care about. Maybe. Or maybe it won't help at all. Unfortunately, one never knows until they eat the pastry. Even then, you can never taste them both. Yeah. (laughs) It's... I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm making metaphor. expressions that don't uh, translate on an it's, audio medium. I just, I, what is the lot. point of this? Also, him saying, oh, just because you have a shortened lifespan 
doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to have a shortened life. Like what? No, I think what he's saying is like a shortened lifespan could still be like. 60 years old, which is still a long life, but it's just not as long as, you uh-huh. know, we we don't know what a shortened lifespan is in this case because this has never happened before, I see. which is like the academic way to think about it. Sure. I guess that's right. Yeah. But also Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and Oof. so then, you know, uh, Lysithia is like, wait, you mean you care about me? <laughs> and says, yeah, I mean, I, I wish we could be family, you and I. And she says, family, that escalated quickly. Although having more family does sound nice. And then he just says, <laughs> anyway, I have to go. Oh, and feel free to eat both pastries. I made up the poison bit because I didn't know how else to say what I wanted to say. Oh, my God. This man. And, and because, well, because I believe there are choices we can make where you can have both. I'll show you somehow before the war is over. Interesting. Really good. Yeah. Uh, he really is yeah. kind of a mini Hanneman though, huh? He is kind of a mini Hanneman, but now that I know Hanneman was trying to like kind of save Lysithia's life. Yeah. I, I would also ask the new teacher if I could take their blood. Yeah. I just wonder if that was like, was that actually the goal was like, I have this child here who, you know, has two crests and I'm trying to figure out, or is it like, just a purely academic thing. No, I'm I'm sure it was purely academic because if he knew about Lysithia, he would have had to know about those who slither in the dark. Right. And if he knew about them, he would have had to do something. Right. But but he was with Cornelia in your battle. Yeah, that's true. So, and I'm sure he's he had talked to Arendelle at some point. I I you know I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah, and then my final Linhart support. Uh, was the Linhart Byleth a support uh, where Linhart just talks about how like, you know, I, I five years ago, I had a conversation with you about uh, I wanted a world with peace so I could nap all the time. But if there's if there's peace, then there's no use of learning about crests because it seems like crests were only meant for times of war, which was which is interesting, I, I, I okay. guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, and then it like I'm pretty sure in the original version of this game, Linhart wasn't romanceable if you were M. Byleth. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was an update when the DLC came out or something uh, that made him romanceable. Right. Uh, and it, you can really tell here because I feel like it felt kind of tacked on at the end. And he just says, uh, if I stop researching crests, I'll have one less excuse to spend time with you. Mm. Pe- professor, don't make faces like that. People who listen to my blathering and then nod and smile as though what I say matters. People like you are very precious to me. And that's the end of the scene. But yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling I, I, I that could just be that that scene is written awkwardly, uh, even if you're playing as F by I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's. That's all my Linhart supports. <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot of of learning about Linhart this week uh, for me. It's a weird um, dude. Weird dude. Weird dude. Hart is in the right place. It just really takes. He's he's kind of like it. It makes sense that he and Caspar are like they were they were friends before the Black Eagles, ah, um, because they're pretty similar. Because they're both pretty dense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they're both pretty dumb in their own special ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Just a couple more, I promise. Uh, oh, take your time. Caspar and Dory's A support. They basically make the, um, if we're not both married by 40, let's get married. Promise. No way. Uh, <laughs> Those two? Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Well, yeah. Cause in their B support, Dorothea was like, oh, you're like a little brother to me. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And now in this one, um, he's like, you know, I, I, I still feel really 
connected to you. And like, I feel like I can be myself around you and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I, and when I think about marriage and he's like, wait, 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 hold on. This is too much. This is too much. And she's like, (laughs) when I'm with you, I feel like I can forget about marriage and just be friends. Mm. Um, and then, and then makes the, if we're both 40, okay. So they're making a plan for a marriage of convenience. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, really funny. Um, Hubert and Dorothea's B support, uh, Dorothea basically calls him out of like, oh, you love Edelgard. He's like, it's not simple as simple as that. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about her. I respect her. Narrator's uh, voiceover. It was simple as that. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings about her. You know, I respect her. I fear her. I whatever, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and Dorothy is like, wow, that's actually kind of like you're like walking this parallel path with with Edelgard. It's like it's it's kind of more than love or something. It's it's different than love for you and Edelgard. And that's the end of the scene. And but having the knowledge of him literally telling Edelgard, I am in love with you, um, kind of makes that scene completely moot. <laughs> yeah, um, really weird. Uh, and finally, finally, finally. Oh, I have, sorry, not finally yet. I had Dorothea and Petra's A support. Uh, It's very sweet. They're both just like, oh, I really like your hair (laughs) and stuff. Dorothea's (laughs) talking about Petra's hair and asks Mm -hmm. if she'll show her how to braid it and blah, blah, blah. And they they talk a little bit about that. And they talk about how precious they are to each other. And Dorothea's like, oh, that's so sweet. I could cry. And Petra says, oh, well, if you need to cry, you can use my shoulder anytime. Which That's is really, cute. really sweet. Uh, Dorothea says that she likes spending time together and Petra invites her to come to Bridget with her after the war. <laughs> so I love that. Um, that plan is going swimmingly to have them <laughs> to have them end up together. Um, right, right. I forgot that. Was hopefully, right. hopefully I can work that out. I thought you were going to romance Petra. No, see, I wanted to. I, I think I'm going to end up going with Edelgard just because. Wow. I, I, I think. Like or Lysithia, but not in a romantic way, just to get just that to save finale. Her life. Yeah. <laughs> to save her life and get that final that final thing. So I hope I hope there is a world where I can give I, I imagine you have to give the ring to somebody. I hope there's a world where I can give Lysithia the ring and it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm in love with you. I hope it's really just like I really I don't know. I, I feel like it's gonna be I'm in love with you, which feels weird. Remind um, me, do you have an S rank option with her? Yes. Okay. I yes. I have to imagine then that yeah, because I <sighs> I am not aware of, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Cause I know I have some meta knowledge of stuff that I've read about before. Some of the, like, like I think if there's like Caspar and, and Linhart, I think if you have them like their, their supports, their mm-hmm. A support, if they end up together, it's just like, and they were best friends forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot um, of, a so, lot of the same sex ones are, are yeah. like that, which, um, I, it's a bummer, <laughs> but I'm hoping that it will carry over. It's a bummer, but they can't stop me from having a head cannon in which these people are in love <laughs> and I'm going to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and now Kim, mm-hmm. Oh boy. I need to tell you something. <gasps> I have been lying to you for three weeks <laughs> holy shit okay in that i know who the death knight is <gasps> and i have been having conversations with them out of their armor oh shit this whole time this whole time <laughs> oh my god i really wanted to try and and extend it as long as i could because i wasn't sure how it would factor into your story uh-huh and i did some cursory googling uh-huh. and it seems that this is like a spoiler in that it's not can i is that okay sure is it just i would never have figured it out you will not run? figure it out right okay then i'm totally yeah. totally fine with you spoiling it but can i take my guess please is it in fact yuritsa were we right it is yuritsa holy it shit is. it is okay so this whole time yeah I, uh. yeah i mean listen 
if it if it wasn't suspicious enough, everything that like happened <laughs> in the chapter where, where Flane was kidnapped, yeah. um, Mercedes <laughs> dropping hints like, gosh, Yuritsa sure looks familiar. Gosh, the Death Knight sure seems familiar was <laughs> kind of enough for me to put two and two yeah. together. But, um, oh, tell yeah. me everything about this weirdo. Yeah. So um, I will just suggest to you, if, mm-hmm. if you want any any of this storyline, is that you have Mercedes at least attack him in the next battle. Uh, Ooh. OK, wait, is he her brother? Have, not as far as I know. OK, <laughs> I get some juicy stuff in this B support. Um, okay. It's not juicy, but it is like actual history. OK, uh, so, yeah, I uh, I really almost blew it last week, I think, when you were like, oh, he's eating sweets with his armor on. I was like, <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, that was, in fact, Yuritsa. And wow. when he was talking about the demon inside of him being the Death Knight, like that was he's like, I am on the outside. I am Yuritsa. And on the inside, like the Death Knight lives within me. It's weird. OK, and it's very interesting. Is he like possessed? That is to be determined. It seems like some sort of possession situation or like has a a, a demon in literal demon living inside of him. Okay. Um, because this week when I talk to him, he I, I it, th- this support starts with me talking to like some randos, uh, mm. talking to like a scholar and talking to a soldier. Uh, and then Yuritsa being like, I hear you're asking around about me. What the fuck is up? <laughs> uh, which like, obviously, of course, he was going to figure me out there's no way that i you know thought i was going to get away with that with mm-hmm. that forever but pretty much from the soldiers i learned that uh he was recommended to teach at the monastery by lord arendelle and that mm. he was yeah and that he was taken in by her majesty uh by edelgard several years ago so when i talk to him he shows up is like what the fuck is up what do you want to know i'm just like oh, i'm just trying to figure stuff out about you and he's like okay well I'll just tell you. And he tells me that he is the unofficial heir to the Hrim family. They adopted him as a as a a, a man, I guess, uh, after Edelgard took him in because he, he had been the Death Knight. He was the Death Knight who mm-hmm. was just this, which which is why the possession thing feels feels right to me because he says Uh that the death knight like has this hunger to kill and then he says that the empire provided fuck what did he say the empire provided ample hunting grounds (laughs) is what he said um i don't know so basically edelgard took him in erased his past and got him adopted by the harim family so that he was a noble in line to take over some sort of noble family um not exactly sure why that's the case that just kind of is what it is and and that's 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 kind of it he he you know i say i he says the only true way to to know him is to to know him by the sword or whatever so then he's like we should spar i'm like okay let's fight and he's Mm. like no (laughs) we can't fight because i can't kill you because edelgard told me not to until the war is over Mm. um it's like okay interesting sure uh and that's and and that's that's pretty much that whole support is just he he's the unofficial heir to the harim family whoever they are and that the the death knight is like some sort of literal being inside of him that needs to kill okay <laughs> this what are you is, what are you looking up <laughs> i'm looking up the harim family and yeah whether, i looked them up there's there's nothing it's it's there's nothing that, not even if it's connected to mercedes they are from the lester alliance the, like what what is yeah the, there's it's there's why? really nothing i don't why right, does this exist <laughs> like, let me <sighs> it seems completely divorced from anything else in the game right now yes. <laughs> um right. <sighs> all right well I, I i hope we find out more eventually yeah apparently Hrim tried to rebel against the empire 
House Ordelia went to provide help, which is interesting that I don't have any Lysithia Uritza yeah. supports. Oh, House Hrim's main bloodline was wiped out and an adoptee inherited the title of Viscount Hrim. So that is Uritza. That's Uritza, yeah. So they destroyed this house that tried to rise against them and inserted Uritza. I see. Uh, I guess as a seat okay. at that table. Um, there we go. Uh, and since this house is located in the county of Ordelia, or, or directly next to the the council of or, uh, the county of Ordelia, uh, they've had influence over Ordelia since then. Uh, interesting. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, uh, cool. I hope yeah, uh, this makes so. sense one day. Because <laughs> right now it's just like I, honestly, I feel like this is one of those things that was field. just going to be dropped on us, and then we're yeah. not going to talk about it ever again. Yeah. Uh, but hey, I still have one more support Why level. Is, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, Why does Mercy recognize him? I don't know, and they have the same color hair as well. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to try and do the uh, do the Zay support, and maybe there will be something in there. And then if not, uh, oh, <laughs> I don't even know how. So that's that's Yuritsa slash the Death Knight. That's my big, my deep, dark secret. So that's why you wanted to make the Death Knight your <laughs> yes. your <more> child of the <laughs> Yes. That was also a hard sell. I was there. There have been a couple of times that I've uh, I was like the Death Knight. <laughs> yes. Yes. It yes. Yeah. It makes more sense now. Uh, um, yeah. Wow. There you go. Wow. 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 <sighs> oh, man. Which finally. Finally, finally brings us to the rankings yes. of this week's forever long episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, all I have to say about the Blue Lions is rest in peace, Ingrid. I'm so sorry. Also, I, uh, uh, if I hadn't recruited Felix, this would be the battle where I had to kill Felix as well. Black Eagles. Or sorry. Yeah, Lysithia is already in an S, so she'll stay there. Black Eagles. Adegard A, Ferdinand S, Linhart. Linhart's actually higher than I thought he was. And I think I'm going to leave him at a B because mm. uh, he's still, I mean, you know, he's still yeah, kind of shitty. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that feels, that feels good to me. Everybody else in S and I think uh, I'm just going to quick. <sighs> See, now I don't know. I was going to, I was going to bump Hanneman up to mm-hmm. a D from an F, oh. but I think you're right. I think his, his research was incidental. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that was like, uh, out of the goodness of his heart would be. My yeah, guess. I think I think you're correct. Um, uh, and maybe uh, may, may, mm, I I think I am going to bump Linhart to an A, uh, okay. but I think in my he- in my heart, it's an A minus or a B plus. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he deserves it because he's in his A supports. He is kind of like, oh, I'm kind of a total shithead, <laughs> um, which I can appreciate, you know? Yeah. <sighs> All right. That's those are my my quick and dirty rankings. <laughs> OK, Um, starting off with my blue lions. Mm-hmm. I here's the thing with Dimitri. You would think that with him being a good boy again, I'd rank him uh, back up to an A an S. Um, mm. He's at an A right now. But honestly, I am just, as I've said, more upset with him and the fact that he could apparently have decided at any time to stop. <laughs> being the way that he was right. Right. Um, obviously that feels more like poor writing than like a character thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave him at the a, but like I, I give the writers a 
an F for his story, I guess. <laughs> Maybe not as low as an F, but like I it, it's just kind of like a frustrating, like even setting aside what a an unfortunate depiction it is of mental health and how that yeah. works. It's just like not a very satisfying story yeah, to have it's, him it's, like overnight do a complete 180. Yeah, it's like adjacent to Dedu's you didn't do his paralogue like hand waving yeah. of his story. It's just like, yeah. Oh, he dies the end. Uh, it feels like, Oh, he's better now. Let's we'll move mm-hmm. on. It is. Um, it's very hand wavy. All of it. Yeah. Um, with both of them. And it, it, yeah, I just don't understand why they thought that that was the move. Like at least uh, like, and it, again, it's like a totally unforced error. It could have just been like a, he was just like, a, you know, was not experiencing like hallucinations and delusions, but was just very vengeful and had a lot, yeah. you know, like was just yeah. a, being a piece of shit. The fact that he was experiencing actual psychosis is like, yeah, it's like, yeah, fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. if they weren't going to like address that in a, in a good way, or, you know, even if in the, you know, at this point in these chapters, if it was like, I still hear them, you know, like talking to right, me or, you know, right. but I'm like, I'm working really hard with your support to like remind myself that this is not them. This is, you know, something in me that, right. you know, like if just if there were some acknowledgement or, or, you know, personality wise, if he was just like still kind of a piece of shit, but was like, mm-hmm. okay, I now recognize like, this is my duty, you know, just like, uh, right. It's yeah, there are ways there are ways to do it that that weren't just like he's so better many now. Ways. Like, yeah, so yeah. many ways to thread the needle and they just handled it in the most uh like ham-fisted kind of mm-hmm. clumsiest way possible. Yeah. Instead of weaving a tapestry, they just tied a big knot with all the thread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like here you they go. Fr- yeah, they uh, got too frustrated trying to to thread the needle and we're like, "Well, just yeah, tie it up. It'll be fine." Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um <laughs> So, yeah, uh, all of my blue lines are staying the same. I'm going to go ahead and reinstate Claude as an S. Not that I'm still not like kind of mad at him, but um, I did appreciate his advice at the end um, about quitting. Love, love quitting. <laughs> um, love a quitter. So yeah. um, I'm also going to bump Hilda to an S. She absolutely kicked ass in, in Hilda this fight. Hilda kicks ass, and dude. I I actually I think the lazy thing is kind of fun now. Um <laughs> now that it's like she's lazy but like she can really kick ass if she wants right. to. Ugh, I'm so excited to play the fucking golden deer. Me too. Oh my god. Oh, there's so much I mean I'm excited to get to know the characters. I'm excited to like get to know the story, like especially yes. Claude's story. Um and yeah, I it'll be interesting. I I'm already thinking about people I might recruit for that one too. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, uh, black eagles are staying the same. Mm -hmm. I suppose now is the time for me to decide what to do with Yuritsa. Um, (laughs) Right. Yes. We can finally rate Yuritsa. He's been in suspended animation at an S. Um, yes. And I'm just, here's the thing. This is again, really more about the writing than the character, Mm. but for now I'm going to put him at a C. Sure. Um, which is usually sure. our like, I know nothing about you. For me, it's more like I, uh, you're just a big qu- what the fuck. Like I don't know <laughs> what's going on with this character. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sim- simply confused. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Otherwise, I, I think that's it for me. Um, 
now comes the hard part because I, I did not know and I still am not entirely sure who I want my war child of the week to be. Sure. I'll go first. I, I mean, okay. mine's a pretty, a uh, pretty easy poll for me. I think this week, cause I spent fucking forever talking about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my war child this week is going to be Lynn Hart. As a matter of fact, um, I think he is, he has done a, a, a light version of Ferdinand's 180. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he's he's still pretty shitty, but uh, I think his A supports show a lot of positive growth, uh, a lot of potential. I realized this week that I have been underutilizing him in battles. He does, in fact, have warp. What is which that? is the which is the oh, one where the- he can teleport the people directly next to him like ten spaces away. Oh, that rules! It's so good. But also, I do have to uh, I do have to say, Lysithia's warp is actually like four spaces bigger. Mm. Uh, so. Sorry, Linhart, but uh, his <laughs> he does have a uh, physic, which is like the best healing spell in the game because you can heal from like 40 yeah, blocks away. Is great. It's insane. Mercy has that. Um, um, really yeah, useful. it's so good. So, yeah, uh, Linhart is my war child of the week. And I'm just now remembering that I put the level up sound here. It's very funny to me. Uh, <laughs> God, this is really hard because just nobody has stood out. Here's the thing that I'm struggling with now is like, yeah. The story that is being told now is almost solely Dimitri's story, and I'm so displeased sure. with it. And he mm. would have been an obvious pick for this week since he, you know, he's had his um, reverse heel turn, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I think I'm going to have to go with Gilbert. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I was like, God, whoa, no. I'm excited to hear this logic. Um, no, absolutely. Fuck Gilbert, uh, into the sun. Um, yeah. you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give this one to Bernie. I think Bernadetta is my war child of the week. Um, I loved her, uh, a plus with Raph. Um, there were a few other supports with her that I got that were very sweet that I didn't really talk about because it was just like her being good at things. Um, yeah. And it's it's very nice. Um, the, like I got her B with Sedith. Um, he he likes to write fables and um, he gave her a book of some of his fables to read. And she accidentally oh left gosh. like a doodle that she le- she did in there. And he was like, OK, <laughs> you're illustrating my fables now. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh my gosh. And she's like, that's what so the fuck? Um, yeah, I think that's nice. So I'll I'll give it to Bernadetta, my war child of yeah. the week. That's nice. Uh, I just really quick. I did have uh, Felix and Bernadette's B support uh, and in the C support. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernadette or Bernadette gets so afraid of Felix. She like knocks the sword out of hands and, run, and runs away. And in the B support, he's like, can you teach me how to do that? Can you yeah, teach me how to knock swords out of hands? I got that um, one this time too. It was great. Yeah, really good. Uh, he, since we're talking about it, um, she also yes. has some very nice ones with uh, Sylvain where he finds um, a story that she wrote and becomes like obsessed with it. Oh my God. And, you know, she she gets really upset in the C support. And then in the B support, she finds it like the story. And he left her a letter and was like, I am your biggest fan. Like, you know, please, please write more of this. Very sweet. Very and sweet. it's still it, this is they don't get any further than a B support, which good. Um, but <laughs> it ends with him being like, oh, will you write more? And she's like, no, I won't let you humiliate me. And that's the end. <laughs> she just runs away. I'm like, good for you, girl. Incredible. Get away. Incredible. Get away. Okay. Well, that's the end of this episode. This recording is really long, but I think the episode is pretty average length, uh, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think so. And um, Um, even if it's not, listen, we're getting uh, We're getting there. We we have two episodes left for these routes. It's wild. 
which is wild. Yeah. That's wild. Very exciting. And then and then we'll have plans for the future. I I, I mean, we're going to do Golden Deer. Mm-hmm. Right. I've been meaning um, to like start that. Uh, yeah, but all that stuff is kind of still in the aether, as it were. Not to not to chomp <laughs> not to chomp any flavor from anybody. Um, but I don't know I didn't who you're talking purpose. about. Uh, um. yeah. uh, but either way, uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This is an absolute joy to do. As of time, at time of recording, we started a Discord two weeks ago, uh, and it's just a true delight. It's very yeah. chill. Every couple of days, somebody will be like, I'm doing this part of the chapter, and I can't believe it. Uh, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, thanks to everyone who's joined and has been chatting in there. It's been really nice. Yeah, and if you're worried about spoilers in the Discord, don't worry. You can join just the house you're in, so you'll only have chat about your house. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to you don't have to worry about being spoiled or anything. AJ has worked very hard to, uh, <laughs> to prevent the temptation of spoilers for people. Yeah, because I, because I myself am weak. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I am a weak person. Um, Big mood, but yes. So, so yeah, that's that. We'll be back next week with uh, chapter seventeen of Black Eagles and chapters twenty and twenty twenty and twenty one of yeah. the Blue Lions. How exciting! Yeah. Kim, do you have any final words for us today? I do. Yes. I do. Um, uh, you know, until next time, stay alive and follow your heart. Fuck. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>